what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 30 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. And believe it or not, we actually have Andre here. Yes, the Breath of the Wild analysis is finally finished. We have gotten back from our vacations, and Andre is part of the podcast, as well as Ash. But, you know, big news, Ash, Andre's back. <laughs> yeah, who cares it? about me? Can, can you prove yeah. Andre's back right now? Well, well, you just did it, so thank you for that. Uh, can you prove Unless I can you prove that I'm the person you claim I am? Right <laughs> you, Unless you I have be, a really good soundboard. You could be an Android. Oh! oh get out! Get out! That's pretty good. You have to admit. I know it's that not is bad. pretty I don't good. Like it. I don't like it a lot. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazy. It's, it's been how long? It's since been. We've had I don't know. It feels like it's been way too long. I mean, first off, we should also mention we're back in general. We took a two-week break. Um, just because real life got in the way for any number of reasons. Uh, yeah. and well, then, the first week was us then, just trying to get Breath of the Wild finished. Plus, you you two were at uh, PAX at the time. And then yeah. last week, we were idiots and somehow scheduled a, our vacations for the same time. Like, literally the exact same time frame, which is amazing. Which, of course, go friggin' figure. Nintendo announced a whole bunch of stuff while we were gone, which you were luckily still able, still able to cover. Um, but it's just like the worst possible timing with Mario Run coming out and everything. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm finally back. I'm, I mean, I'm minus a soul now. My soul's gone, and <laughs> destroyed. Well, uh, that reminds but- me. I need to get you guys. I need to mail you guys your shot collars because I said in my in the <laughs> Patreon right. update post that I was going to get you guys shot collars, so neither of you can leave at the same time ever again. That's all. Well, we usually try not to. <laughs> that was just like a freak accident. Like I swear, I told Andre, like, "Hey, I'm going on a vacation with my friends at this time," and it just must have slipped his mind or something, or slipped my mind, or I don't know. Maybe I forgot to, not to tell him or something like that. Uh-huh, just, you're throwing just, me. You're throwing me under the bus already. No man. Then, no man's then, style. Damn. And then I threw myself yeah, under the bus to make sure, because I don't know. Yeah. I'm bad at this sort of thing. No, you, yeah. you might mention it at some point, or I don't know if yeah, the exact dates were given. Who knows? What, <laughs> yeah, it was just the timing did not work out. But we, <laughs> it, we, was, whatever, it was funny. We're back now, so it doesn't matter. No, because well, here I was. It's all in the past. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I'm i an iPhone user, and I usually get pretty excited about the Apple keynotes. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, kind of lazily, I'm going to make some coffee, lazily just watch the the iPhone 7 keynote. Suddenly, here's Shigeru Miyamoto and Bill Trinan from Nintendo to talk about Super Mario Run. So I'm, like, putting in my contacts, trying to call you guys, like, hey, we need to put something together. So, what You know, we got to do something. And I'm like, come on, are you serious? That Today... Is- I mean, I don't so, know. I forget that's in our news story or not. But that was that was crazy having Nemo up on stage. I actually still haven't really seen that myself. But my friend who works at Apple texted me literally like the second it was happening. He's like, "Dude, Nemo was on the Apple stage right now, announcing a Mario game." I'm like, "What? I'm like, WTF? What are you talking about? That's crazy." And then what you were you say doing WTF? when that happened, uh, Andre? Yeah. What? What were you actually doing when that happened? I was like, literally you... getting off a bus in Disney World. Like I was, <laughs> we were at, we went to Disney Springs. I needed to get a new pair of shoes because my previous pair. And, and this is there's so much to cover here. We got a lot of ground to cover. But my previous pair of shoes I was wearing were, which were already in kind of bad shape. They got wrecked from a huge thunderstorm that came through uh, Disney World while we were <laughs> in Epcot. And it start. I don't know if you've been to Epcot. Epcot is a big theme park. And I'm talking yeah. by, by you, I mean our fans in general. <laughs> um, also you guys. But it's a big theme park. It. It's 250 acres. The, the, the thunderstorm started when we were at the, the, the beginning of the World Showcase. And the World Showcase is basically a world, kind of like a World's Fair type thing, but like a really extravagant version where you have all these countries surrounding a giant lake. 
Now this this whole portion starts already halfway into Epcot. So the beginning of the World Showcase is already well into Epcot, and the thunderstorm started lightly as we were just beginning our way around the lake. Uh, I so we start off in the UK and we're working our way like to Japan. By the time we reach Japan, which is as far into Epcot as you can go, it's like halfway around the lake. Uh, it is pouring rain. So at this point, we're like, we should go back now, which means we have to go all the way around the lake again to get back. So we're just getting drenched the entire time, and there's no sign of it letting up. Typically, thunderstorms in in Orlando they come like they they come, they rain, they just pour monsoons for like twenty, thirty minutes, and then they're gone. This one's just sticking around. So we just got wrecked going through it. So yeah. So so anyways, to get back to my point, we were in Disney Springs trying to find me new shoes as this whole keynote's happening at Apple, which I can't watch at all, because trying to cover anything while at Disney World is impossible, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, go, going back to that real quick, you're at, you're at the World Showcase, you could get beer, why didn't you go into one of the bars? I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be packed, but still... <laughs> so we did, we actually got, we actually ended up getting uh, food at one of the places, but everyone's taking cover in the restaurants, there's no chairs left, uh, and the rain is coming in, like, there was uh, a strong enough wind, too, it is coming in at an angle... So, like, <laughs> within three feet of the entrance, it's still, like, you're going to get completely drenched. So, what we ended up doing is, um, we ended up dragging a table from, like, basically we blocked an entire entrance just for a, a oh table that we can eat at, uh, that no one else had claimed at this point. So, we're, I'm sure we're, like, we caused all, like, all kinds of fire hazards or whatever, but no one seemed to care at this point. So, and actually, it can't really be a fire hazard with all the rain happening, so... <laughs> I was just about to say. Yeah, so it yeah. was it was just a disaster that day, um, or that... See, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's, it's, I don't understand you people, and by you people, I mean humans that, that aren't me, because it's, you make it sound like it's acid rain or lava rain. It's, it it's was. rain. No, it's, it's just you, rain. It's, you, it's water. It is not rain. You don't know what rain is if you haven't no, been to Orlando in the monsoon. This, this yeah, thunder storm was lost on you. I would have been out in there just having a grand old There time. is no way that is true. I can guarantee you. I don't you know, that. Matt. No, remember it, it packs in Seattle the first morning that it rained on us. Yeah, and we that, gotta find cover. Right, and that we gotta find very, cover. That was nothing compared to what I experienced. I believe you, but even then, you're like, we gotta find cover, man. I'm like, it's, we'll just stand on the corner. We'll cross the street. It, no, like, this literally just, like, my shoes, like, it basically uh, evaporated. Like, they were wrecked from this. <laughs> so, it, it, like, just completely, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm there was like flooding. There was like flooding. tidal waves coming in. Man, tidal like, waves. Typhoon, man. Typhoon Lagoon, a water park there. Like it basically turned the entire resort into Typhoon Lagoon. So I don't know, man. You're talking about someone who went out into a blizzard for fun. So I, I don't. Well, blizzards, feel too blizzards, bad for whatever. You. Like that's snow. Blizzards, that's whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> blizzards, that's whatever. Not a big deal. This is this is we're talking monsoons here. So nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. So T- tidal waves. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I my uh, my story is I got. You, I'll put it this way: we got lucky. Because I got into the, I, I left um, my apartment to drive down to Avon, Outer Banks, down in North Carolina, uh, which is where my friends and I were renting a uh, beach house for a week for the week, and that's why I had a little bit more play uh, room to play with when it came to my vacation, and I could stick around for a little while to cover Pokemon and and you know actually do stuff while I'm down there because it's just sort of the, one of those lazy vacations, mm-hmm. and. So, left around 3, didn't get there until about 11 o'clock at night, and, you know, long, long eight-hour drive, <laughs> and, you know, the, my friends already were doing a few things, and their big plan for that, was, for for Wednesday, was to rent a boat, and just drive around the ocean, and, you know, just have fun, hang out, swim, whatever, and I was like, you know, that'd be fun, but 
I'm still kind of beat. I'm just going to veg for the day. So I actually stayed behind rather than go on the boat with them. And we had a pool there as well, so I just swam around with a few friends. And I get out of the pool and like check on my phone to see what was going on. Because I, ha- I was checking Twitter just to be sure no NX news was unleashed. But I was like, okay, whatever. It's the Apple event. Nothing's going to get announced at Apple. Nothing's going to get announced <laughs> yeah, at Sony. It would be silly of Nintendo to announce anything during this, during this event, right? Like, why would yeah. you try to compete with Apple? Famous exactly. last words. And so I look at my phone, and it's blowing up with you two talking about it. All of a sudden, Miyamoto's on the Apple stage. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I thankfully made sure to bring all my equipment. So I found it. I was, like, right next to the router, because it's not exactly the best internet down there, and immediately started getting all the information I could on Super Mario Run. Ash is feeding this to me. You're trying to organize things. I'm <laughs> managing all this. And I'm like, oh, God. It's, we, somehow we did it, but yeah. and you that know, was... Oh, sorry, eventful. Yeah. Oh, that was just saying how eventful it was. Well, and all things considered, like as annoying as all that was, all things considered, it could have been far worse. Nintendo could have announced like at the very start, "Hey, we're having an X event next week or like in a few days," which would be which would have just really crapped our style even more. I don't know what we would have done at that point. So. <laughs> yeah, really. By the way, I do want to give uh, a shout out to Tom really quick because he doesn't appear on the podcast very often, but. Andre, you left, like, uh, basically, you were only at PAX for day one, and then you left to go on your vacation, so... Oh, just two days. I was there Friday and Saturday. Were you there for... Oh, okay. I guess, yeah, because I didn't see you a lot of Saturdays. Uh, so did you, you there forget... For oh, wait, I was going to... Re- Never mind. I was going to remind you that I won the Mario Kart tournament on Saturday, but that was actually Friday, I think. I was nice, nice. I'm your face a little bit more, but... <laughs> no, hey, you, you earned that one, but... Uh, <laughs> no, I just wanted to give Tom a shout-out, just because he was such a huge help for our PAX coverage. It was essentially the two of us after you left. And, uh, you know, I've seen a few people on Twitter saying, man, you must have really had to work hard doing all this by yourself. And I want to make it clear that it was not just me. Tom was a huge part of it. So, you know, shout out to him for really kicking ass. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's awesome. I, like, I was so glad you guys were both there to cover, to cover the event because I didn't figure much would be happening after Saturday. Turns out this year was different <laughs> compared to last year, compared to past years. So, yeah, you guys rocked it uh, after PAX because, um, yeah, I, I had a, uh, I had the red eye on Saturday night going to Orlando. Um, right. So, yeah, it really worked out that you guys were there. <laughs> and uh, and it worked out, too, that Tom came down because he came down from British Columbia, and so he was your ride to PAX every day and back um, from yeah, my parents' house to Seattle. So Yeah, which was a huge help. Although your parents not having Internet right now was not – that was that was <laughs> interesting because we essentially had to make sure that we uploaded – and every last bit of coverage we wanted to for the for day PAX. before we left PAX, yep. because we just you know, we didn't have the luxury of going home and having internet. So it was an interesting PAX, but it was a really productive one. It was it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. You guys got a lot of interviews done. It was impressive. And my, I mean, while you guys are doing all that, I'm putting the finishing touches <laughs> on Andre's uh, analysis. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> so I guess we should probably talk about that a little bit. That yeah, just a little bit. That, I feel like that's interesting stuff. That oh my god, that that my, my white whale. I finally caught my white whale. Jesus. That <laughs> freaking analysis has destroyed my life for three months. I wanna make it clear too, by the way. Uh, if you break it down by like I mean I uh, so I want I don't want to come across uh, as ingra- as ungrateful. Like I I think the analysis is done very well. Um but I I knew this going in. It totally doesn't like the the how well for how well it's done, it still doesn't justify the amount of time I spent on it. <laughs> like, yeah. like by that metric, it was a complete waste of time. But I am just glad that it's finally done. I was working on that for I think basically two and a half months. You know, give her you know, not not necessarily, you know, 
constantly. Like they were like Pokemon Go came out that complicated things for a bit. Uh, but I'm just so glad that stupid video is finally done. Um, it is by far the <laughs> hardest thing I've ever worked on, both in terms of uh, just you know getting everything together, and also just, just motivational wise. Like it is very hard to work on a project that long. Um, especially knowing it wouldn't, it would be hard for it to justify. Like, it got to the point where, like, I felt like, you know, it's something we could have broken up. You know, people were, were like, why do you break it up? You know, why do you do it in smaller segments? That's something we could have done. It would by far have been a smarter idea. <laughs> it got <laughs> to the point where we were already so late to it. I'm like, F it. I just want to release this one giant ass video. Um, especially because with how much research went into it, like, having to watch 10 hours of video, like, I knew if I were to do it in segments, it wouldn't have come together in the same way it did doing it all at once. Because so much of it plays into each other. And there was stuff I was I was literally either discovering or developing, like, up to the day before, even the day of uh, working on the analysis, like, me finishing it. By finishing, I mean sending it off to Derek so he could put the, fine, the finishing touches on it, including... Um, adding the music, as well as even some final edits I told him to pull out, because I'm like, wait, <laughs> this doesn't, this actually doesn't work, you have to pull it out. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'm That's just, what I'm, she just said. I'm just glad, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I also, yeah, I also have to give you credit, Derek, for not only, like, helping put it together at the end as well, but along the way, because I was sending you these massive audio chunks that I was recording, like, hours <laughs> of audio. Oh that, my god. you were just grateful enough me. to, or that really, you were, you know, happy enough I put I use that loosely, but willing enough <laughs> to put the, to edit that down because if you hadn't done that, there's no way I could edit myself to actually start working on the video portion. Because the thing is, the the secret is I don't know as much of a secret is I am terrible at recording scripts, so we heavily edit all those. And normally for a video, it's not that big of a deal to go through and edit the audio. But when you have over when you have a two hour <laughs> script, that is probably what ten hours of audio at least. We had to go through to narrow to edit that down to a reasonable. Or you know, I, I think the to. first section of audio that you sent me was two and a half hours long, <laughs> yep. and I'm thinking, wow, he must have did a big chunk of this whole thing. And I edited it down, and I think it ended up being what thirty minutes. I think it was, right. It was about a quarter <laughs> of the analysis at that point. Yeah, so. a quarter of the analysis for two and a half hours. Good I'm like, God. And I'm just thinking, like every sentence, they needs to. He's, I'm, I'm need to fix well, and because I'm to like it. super anal when recording these two, which is ironic because I know a lot. Of, some people just straight up hate how I narrate videos, but even knowing <laughs> that, I'm super anal about how it comes across. Uh, so, yeah. like every sentence that doesn't sound exactly how I want, I will redo it until I get it to the point I want. Especially for a, for a video like this, where I want it to be as perfect as I can make it. Um, but that the whole thing just ties into the daunting nature of this entire thing. But I can't start recording the script until I have the script done because everything again plays into each other. I'm always, I'm constantly editing the script as I go. Like I rewrote sections of that script so many times to get it to a point where I was happy with it. Um, it got to the point where I knew I had to just start finishing up. So there are parts of the analysis had I had more time, I could have just you know edited it forever and you know made it even better than or you know improved it farther <laughs> than what it was. But it was getting to a point where I knew I had to finish it before PAX. Especially, you know, because I was taking off for two weeks. Especially because I didn't know if Nintendo was going to announce the NX before then, you know, have the event. At which point they would presumably show off more of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is just totally screw over everything we've already done. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on forever how much I hated this entire process. <laughs> oh, you know, it's so hard to know when to let go when you're working on a huge project yep. like that. Like, it's it's so hard to even want to let go because at the same time you want to because you want to be done with it already. But at the exactly. same time, you're like. Well, but I could tweak this, I could perfect this, I could really make it perfect, but at some point you just have to throw your hands up and be like, I have to walk away. Like my, I my have biggest, to just be done. 
Yeah, I mean, my, my, that's exactly it. My biggest fear going into it was, I mean, it's so funny. <laughs> like, literally every analysis starts this way. Starting off, at, when I first started off, like, right after E3, uh, I'm like, this won't be that bad. It's, you know, <laughs> we, we, Nintendo already covered the lava themselves. <laughs> uh, how bad can this really be? Like, how much stuff can there be in there that Nintendo didn't already talk about? As it turns out, a shit ton. <laughs> and, <laughs> Never and asked that, that question. And on top of that, I wanted to cover as much as I could that even, you know, the Nintendo already covered themselves, but there's stuff I can build on, the stuff people may have missed. Because I still took 10 hours of video and covered everything they did uh, just in within a two-hour video and went way beyond that. Um, but yeah, so everything just kept, kept building on each other. And even up to the day of when I finished it, when I left for PAX, um, like, I had that huge revelation with how the Game Awards footage, or with how the um, map tied into the new map. I'm like, oh shit, this is effing huge. And I say in the video, I'm like, I'm running out of time. I straight up was running out of time. And I've even since watched it, I've watched my own, that section of analysis since. I'm like, man, there's even more I can talk about here. And I may go back and add even more to it. But it was crazy. I'm like, I have to cut this off. I have to get this done. Otherwise, yeah, I just wouldn't get done. So, and it was. Well, I'd imagine yeah. you were kind of sick of me at that point, because I was starting to really push you. It's like, dude, you need to, like... <laughs> you know, get, do, record this so I can edit this so you can edit that yep. get this done because I knew we were running out of time and I was like I know we can do this but then you kept telling me I'm finding more stuff I'm like oh my god <laughs> stop man I know it was it got, it got really bad it's it's horrible because yeah I mean we, you know, it's like how every analysis goes just on a massive scale so I yeah. never want to do that again. I straight no. up never want to go through that again. I mean, both because it's not it's not worth my time. Even though I'm happy to have done it. Well, okay, not happy. I'm glad to have done it. No, I'm not glad either. I'm glad it's done. But, yeah, I, I've learned a lot of things from doing this. Like, I will not do that again. Just because it is so, so soul-crushing, so... Yeah, well, it was also funny, too, because when I flew in for PAX and I was staying at your parents' place, your dad basically put you on blast for, I, I guess, that morning you were finishing up and you are trying to frantically to finish before you flew to Seattle as well, and so I guess you weren't, weren't able to return a call about your flight to Orlando possibly <laughs> being double-booked. Right. And so your dad was like, I'm trying to get a hold of you, I need you to help fix this, and you're like, I can't, I'm working on Zelda, and he's like, what? Come on! So he basically just put you on blast in front of me, and it was really <laughs> funny like not in a mean way but like hey like i don't care what zelda is or who zelda is but you almost didn't get a flight to orlando it was yeah really that could have been like i mean i like i mean yeah i didn't realize the thing was as dire as it was like to me it just came across as you know like i thought it was a much smaller issue than that I'm like why are you bugging why are you right. bothering me right now like i'm i literally don't have time to deal with this right now which in almost any other circumstance i would you know, I think there's there's some small amount that would have been true. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. In this case, like I literally was running out of time. Like to give an example, I started rendering the video, the entire video. Uh, I didn't have time to render it before I left, so it was rendering as I was leaving. Meaning, I had to access my computer remotely from Seattle, send the entire thing over to Derek to get added music. But I didn't have time to add the music myself too. Um, it was, this whole thing was nuts. And, and, and plus, I was double checking things, looking for mistakes so that you had to fix as well. And oh, right. You weren't, yeah. you, weren't able, you weren't able to proof it, so we I had to watch it. And the thing is, I watched that entire thing. I think four times. Oh, man. Once for the proofreading yeah. and, and putting in the music, once for all the double checks, then I just split it all up like we did just like for content while we were away, and I'm pretty sure that there's another one in there. But I watched that video 
so many times. I was sick of your voice <laughs> and just talking about this stuff. And it's like it's the thing is, I know it's good stuff and it's 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 great. But the pressure of it, I I, I feel like I I basically scored a movie. Uh, I scored a movie because my entire thing thought process behind this is, was basically yours. Like, well, it's been so long, we've made it so big, might as well as be as big as good as possible. Because usually what we do is like, okay. We'll just pop in some music in the background, and it mostly covers it, and we can just change it up every 15 minutes right. or so, or maybe half hour, depending on how lazy we are in those cases, uh, or just what kind of time crunch we're under. But for Zelda, I was like, no, I want thematically good music for each one of these. And so I went through and had like 32 different tracks, 32 different pieces of Zelda music that I've picked out for it. And then you listen to it. It's like, okay, uh, I want different music for this point, and I think this would work better here. I'm like, ah, you son of a bitch. (laughs) See, you should have just gone with my idea. My idea originally was just to use the Crane Game music from Link's Awakening for the whole thing on repeat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just should have gone, gone with that. Uh, that would have been amazing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah totally. That would have been great. But I, I, got, I do have to say, I think it turned out very well. The response to it has been phenomenal. I mean, people have really taken to it. And I've actually seen people claim they've watched it two, three times themselves because of just how much you were able to find and what you were able to find. So it might not have got us... You know, it might not have been worth it in quotation marks, but as from a purely, like, man-hour point of view, but... I mean, it has to feel a little good to be able to point all that stuff out and see all the uh, responses to it and yeah. see how a pe- bunch of people enjoyed it. It felt, yeah, I mean, if, I'm, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to convey my full thoughts on Like, I feel like, I felt like yeah, it was an obligation. I had to do this. I mean, this is Nintendo's biggest game. We had to cover it in the biggest way possible, and I think we did a pretty good job at that. Um, <laughs> even if, like, if you break it down... By like, uh, well, I don't want to get specifics. But if you break it down like by hour, like I'm making peanuts. We're like making peanuts off of this video, <laughs> just for like the amount of man hours that went into it. Yeah, so. but the thing is, that the entire time you were covering that, I was holding down the fort and going. Oh yeah, insane. exactly. <laughs> I mean, and thank God for that. Like, there was no way I could have done this by myself because the, the, the channel would have died. It would have died and rotted <laughs> and like just never come back. So. It would have been yeah. really ugly. I mean, people, there were rumors that you were dead because you were just spending so much time, and it was just me on these on most yeah. of the videos. And the entire time I'm working on that, you're cracking the whip. It's like, there's more Pokemon Go stuff that we can cover. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, that was, I know, the po- whole Pokemon Go thing screwed things up, too. Because, yeah. I mean, not in the, in the grand scheme of things, not by much. But in hindsight, or, you know, at the time, it seemed like it was, because that game came out, it was huge. And so I was trying to cover it, you know, in... Uh, Instead of Breath of the Wild, because I'm like, well, this game is a is a phenomenon. This is something that's never happened before. We have to cover this as much as possible. So, like, we're working on the tip guides, um, you know, and all kinds of update videos and, like, you know, tours mm-hmm. of the game and whatnot, so. Yeah, it was, I mean, did well. Thank God for Pokemon Go, but... It was that was a rough few months without you. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. I mean, even even in a couple of discussions I did, I there were some comments straight up accusing me, like Ash, why is Andre gone? What did you do? Like just straight up <laughs> accusing me, like why? Like I was the reason that you were not around. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, he's working on the Zelda analysis, but yeah, no, pe- people really got antsy. Uh, you know, really, t- if, like a month in, I would say, like, where is he? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I know. And like, uh, oh boy, I have my own analysis that I'm working on now because thanks to vacation, for some reason, yep. five different Pokemon trailers that I have to cover <laughs> and go through that I have to have done before Tuesday because even more Pokemon stuff is coming. So I, I, 
I think somebody did the numbers. I think I've done. I forget it off the top of my head, but I think like close to ten hours of analysis, Jeez. or or in discussion. I should add that in. Oh as yeah, well yeah. about sense. Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I believe it. Just, let alone when the actual game comes out. Yeah, it's just like I'm ready for it to come out. Like I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited for it. But my God, all these updates. I don't know how Joe of Serebi handles it. Just the constant yeah. updates. There's a lot. There is a lot yeah. of Pokemon news out there, so... Yeah, and yeah. it's all looking good, I gotta say. I, I'm still very excited for Sun and Moon, but sometimes covering it all at once, like, like I think I did a 45-minute analysis in three days, which, shoot me. Yeah, <laughs> talking about shoot Jesus. you. Yeah. Shoot me. That's oh, goodness. <laughs> Let's just so. all shoot ourselves. Or yeah, each other. Why not? Suicide pact. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this, this got morbid fast. Yeah, yeah, really. really did. <laughs> Government, but, if you're listening, I mean, we're not being serious. And no, exactly. Yeah. The podcast <laughs> ends right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's mainly what we were doing. I mean, other, I mean, it was the, covering the whole analysis. Do you want to talk about a little bit what, what you did while at Disney, other than get, uh, run through a typhoon and lose your shoes? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I guess I have to say, like, uh, Excluding packs, Disney World basically came right after the analysis, which is perhaps the best way to end that freaking analysis, going to what I consider the happiest place on earth. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I hadn't been to, I used to go to Disney World annually uh, in my teens, and since then, it had been 10 years uh, since I'd gone up until four years ago when I went um, with my ex girlfriend, and then I haven't gone again since. So, I've only been twice in the last 10 years, and I, I love Disney World. It was so fun going back. Um, we went for uh, my parents' 35th anniversary, uh, me and also now my ex-girlfriend. It's funny how all my recent Disney World trips have involved going with ex-girlfriends. Like, literally, so, we break up, then we go to Disney World. I don't know. It's become it's become a thing now, somehow. So, so that just tells you need to break get more girlfriends and break up with them. That apparently yeah. is the case now. It's the only time I go. So, uh, yeah, it was awesome, though. Like, I love I love Disney World. Uh, I just had a really fun time. Like, I, I'm going through withdrawals now, coming back. I'm like, man, the real world sucks. The real world's so lame by comparison. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like, there's not much... I mean, there's a ton of specifics I could go into. I'll just be talking for hours about it, though. But, yeah, I just had a blast. Like, it was fun going on. You know, the, the real, true Tower of Terror, which is going to continue to, to live on. like the one in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> At least you're losing the fake one, not the real one. Exactly. So right. as long as the original, much superior one lives on, I'm happy with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's really, I guess I went to, um, there was some new things there since I went last. I went on the Seven Dwarves roller coaster, which replaced, which basically replaced the um, the old Fantasyland uh, Snow White ride. And I've heard like mixed opinions on this ride. Some people think it's too short. Uh, it's not really a thriller. It's not that thrilling of a ride. It's you know made for families. I had a blast on it. It's not it's not quite up to like Big Thunder Mountain levels of thrill, but I, I love the little show scene they have where you see the seven dwarves, then they get off work and you see like their silhouettes, their shadows on the wall as they go home. I just love everything about that ride. It's just a really it's a really fun, really uh, enchanting ride. And then I also went to as part of that new Fantasyland area they built, um, where Seven Dwarves also is. We went to the uh, to the um, Bear Guest restaurant based on um, Beauty and the Beast. That restaurant is beautiful. Like they themed, there's three different rooms. They themed one to the one we were in was the ballroom. Then they also have the the rose garden and then also the west wing. 
Um, and they did such a great job capturing the atmosphere in the movie. And you see the beast walk through, like, they have a costume beast which you can get a picture with afterward. And then the food they serve there is also French, or, well, Disney's take on French food, of course. <laughs> so it was just a very, very enchanting ex- dinner experience as well. And what I love about Disney World, like, it's kind of funny between, you have, like, Disney, hardcore Disneyland fans, you have hardcore Disney World fans, and I love both of them. Um, but the thing you get at Disney World you don't get at any other the parks is you just get the full, like, 24-7 Disney experience, assuming you stay on property. Like, Disney World is so massive, no matter where you are on property, you know, when you go back to your hotel room, like, it's Disney magic all the time. And it's just, it's like addictive almost. Like, it, that, that's what makes leaving Disney World so jarring. It's like, man, about back at the airport going through this TSA bullcrap to get back home. Ah, <laughs> oh, I miss it. I love Disney World, so. It's been so long since I've been to Disney World, and I, I look forward to the day I can finally go back. Because yeah. I'm with you. I've, I've gone there several times when I was a kid, always doing the resort experience, and uh, it's always, like, just enveloping yourself in that is so much fun, and I just have a blast. There's just so much to do. Yeah, I've yeah, never been. I've only been to Disneyland a few times. I'm not really a Disney nut, really. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind going to Disney World just because I've heard about how much better it is from so many people. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I think when I go, I'm going to make it a point to be like, whoever I go with, I'm just going to be like, oh, man, that's like, that's uh, Belle and, and the Beast from Kingdom Hearts. Oh, man, that's Mickey <laughs> from Kingdom Hearts. All these Kingdom Hearts characters. Oh and just God. see if anyone says anything. Literally like, the oh, man. I know, right? Like, oh, God, that's that, that's that character from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Man, I love that character. Oh, God. I think <laughs> I'd shoot you. <laughs> see if anyone says anything. Oh, goodness. Yeah, my, my, my vacation wasn't quite as exciting, but I was able to... The point of my vacations is just hanging out with relax. friends that are spread yeah. all around the country and meeting up and hanging out. But, you know... We'd go swimming, we'd go to the beach, we had a bonfire on the last night, that was really fun, there's, you know, just try different meals, we did, like, cook different meals for each other, that was, you know, actually really nice, and, uh, other cool thing is just playing board games together, and I actually discovered a board game that I really enjoyed that a friend brought over, uh, it's called Mysterium, and in it, it's, it's your, it's one of those board games where you're actually working together, uh, there's, not much of a competitive element to it, which I, I actually really enjoy those board games. And what it is is that you have uh, diff- the most of the players are psychics, and they are communicating with the one main player who is a ghost. And the ghost creates basically scenarios like Clue, where you have to say you have each psychic has a different lineup of killer um, place they did it in, and then the weapon. And the psychics have to figure out who their killer is because they're all lined up and they're all like mixed together so they're not sure who's there they belong to and the only way the ghost can communicate with the psychics is by showing these like really like uh, ornate pictures like they have all kinds of different meanings to them like they they mean nothing they show different things that and you have to hope that your line of thought when you're the ghost matches up with what the pe- what the what the psychics are seeing and they're like okay it's this the cook and i happen to have a fish here does the there's a fish in, there's a fish in the uh card picture and they have to just like hopefully pick up on that little line of thought but no they instead pick up on the knife and they think the butcher Hmm. And it's all about the sort of communication and hoping that they can sort of zone in on who you want. And you only have seven turns for every player, every psychic to guess their lineup. And after that point, depending on how well they do, 
because uh, they can sort of say whether or not other psychics are right or wrong and get points. And those points help them reveal three, the final three cards, and those line up to who the actual killer is. And the psychics actually vote. And if they, the majority votes correctly, basically everybody wins. So it, it was a really cool game, a, a very interesting mechanic, because I, I played the ghost once, and you're dying to give the answers and to let them see. And it's crazy like what kind of different scenarios they come up with compared to what you had in your head. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, nice. it sound, yeah. Basically, it does sound like um, yeah, it just uh, what's it called? Werewolf or what's that one hmm, game? I don't called? think I played that one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I forget what the villagers. And it's not a board game. It's just so. But so you're essentially you're trying to figure out how other people are going to think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so in that sense, it sounds almost a little bit like Cards Against Humanity. Obviously, very thematically different. <laughs> but you're trying. But you're but you're essentially trying to figure out how your friends are going to think and reason through something. Yeah, I don't know. I just had a lot of fun with it. It was a, it was a really good time and something I'd probably want to pick up for myself and play with local friends. Yeah. Well, I did not get a vacation, so I can't talk about that. I, I, I didn't like have a, a vacation. <laughs> I didn't go on a vacation at all, um, either from Udon or really anywhere. But that does remind me, Derek, that on the last day of PAX, after uh, Tom left, I went and had dinner and hung out with my Udon coworkers who were there for PAX as well. And we all hung out in one of their hotel rooms, and, and we played a board game as well that I'd never heard of. And uh, it's called—I loved it. It's called uh, Red Flags, and mm. it's it's a card-based game, much like Cards Against Humanity. Uh, and it's it's kind of modeled after that, but it's it's basically you're essentially going around and you're trying to set one of your friends up with the ideal date. And so you have like two—you <laughs> you have like some white cards, which are like the good qualities of your of your, of your potential date, and then you have black cards, which are like the the red flags. And so you can you basically you go around and each person presents their their version of that person's dream date. So I could say, hey man, I've got I've got this perfect girl for you. She's she you know she's uh, an, an she's an Olympian. She's a, she's an Olympic athlete and she loves video games. And then the person next to you will try to sabotage you by playing one of their their red flag cards. So it's like, okay, that guy girl sounds great or that guy sounds great, but he smells like feet. Or, but he he has a crying fetish, or something like that. So in that way, you're trying to sabotage the person next to you their their perfect date by playing these hilarious red flag cards, and it's it's it obviously leads to a lot of you know just uproarious laughs when you think you know what your friend what their type is, and you could either be wrong or you might be right, but then the person next to you says yeah, but they have a thing for kids, and that just completely derails you, and it's like it's really really funny. That sounds like it can get really dark. Real fast. It's, oh, it, it, yeah, does. Really it, it does. It's definitely one. You know, it's one of those adult board games for right. sure. It's super dark. It's really funny though. That sounds pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love this resurgence in board games lately. There's yeah. so many board games out there, and a lot of them are really good. I know, like especially like the ones that you can play on your TV, like Mario Party Ten. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is not here. a board game. Although. You know, I will I, yeah. Although I will say, our based on our playtime of uh, Mario Party Star Rush, that actually was kind of fun. It was right. That coinathlon mode is actually pretty cool. That was cool. actually fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. So. I was surprised. Like it was, it was a lot more fast and frantic than I that I than I ever expected a modern Mario Party to even approach being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Just we'll see if it holds up or not. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't believe you guys. You sound like shills. Yeah. I know. Yeah, well, totally. We're getting paid under the table, obviously. Oh, totally. By the way, Ash, speaking of last night at PAX, did you end up sleeping at the airport that night, or 
Um, no, I actually, uh, because my, I was hanging out with my, my coworkers from Udon, basically we hung out until around 1.30 or 2 in the morning, at which point I was like, well, I'm awake. There's really no point in sleeping for like an hour, so I'll just, you know, head on over to the airport. So I had like an hour and a half to wait, maybe oh, two hours to wait at the airport, and I took a little nap at the airport, but I got to my gate early, and I was just like, eh, whatever, this is fine. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Worked out. Hey, by the yeah, way, how was, how was your packs overall? Uh, busy. I mean, I essentially, it was really just running to, from interview to interview, as you saw, Derek, because we did so many of them. Uh, the last day was kind of our day just to hang out and kind of look at the things we wanted to see. So uh, Tom and I kind of, we went on our, like, indie game discovery adventure. So we basically just wandered the entire indie booth and, and IndieCade and just discovered all these new indie games, which is really nice. cool. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, and we talked to a few indie developers and, you know, and, and got hooked up with some review codes and things like that. So that was really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to play some Sonic Mania, which was nice. Again, I didn't think they were going to have it um, there, and that was really a nice surprise. So I got to play it again. And I got to, I'm, I'm so happy, shout-outs to my, my contact at uh, Square Enix, Kauri. She always hooks me up, and I was trying to wait in line on the last day to do this Final Fantasy XV warp strike experience. It's so cheesy, it's so stupid. Essentially, they use a green screen to make it look like you're doing one of Noctis's warp strikes. And I'm like, you know what, this looks pretty cool, and I went in the morning on the fourth day, and they were, there was a very short line, so I was like, okay, I'll try to do this, this is my free day. And the line was going so slowly, and I was about to leave, because we had we did have some appointments on the last day still. And my friend at Square, Cowrie, she saw me and she's like, "Oh, don't even wait. Just come to the front of the line. I know, I know you have, you know, appointments to get to." And so I got to do it with, essentially without waiting, which is really, really swell of her. And uh, so that was pretty cool. I, uh, I, the video is out there for everyone to see. I tweeted it. It's super embarrassing, but it's really goofy. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and I did get to go to the panels for Final Fantasy 15 and World of Final Fantasy, which is great because without her help. I would have had to wait in line, and I wouldn't have been able to go because we had too many interviews and too many appointments to do. So uh, she got me into those panels, um, and that only further stoked my already considerable hype for both of those games. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was kind of a nice couple of hours where I just got to sit down and take in a lot of information for two games I'm personally very excited about. And, you know, then obviously talk about them later, but that was just kind of time for me, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm liking what I've seen. I did not expect to be interested in it, but I'm actually really enjoying what I've seen of World of Final Fantasy. I am so hyped for that. Like, it feels like it's it's aimed squarely at people like me who just have a lot of love for the franchise over the years and who've been with who's really have been with the franchise since its early days. So mm-hmm. it seems like a love letter to everything that is Final Fantasy, and it's kind of cool to be getting both that and then like the big new Final Fantasy, you know, a month later. So it's kind of cool. It's like we're getting both of these kind of a look back. It classic Final Fantasy, and then kind of the, the next big new thing within a month of, of each other. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of works out. Yeah. So yeah. I'm surprised by yeah, I'm surprised you were as busy this year. I don't think we've ever been that busy, or at least you've been that busy at PAX for. Well, it, it's it. essentially well. That's this is the first PAX I've done with Game Explain. Usually, early oh, fully, true, yeah. because you know usually I'm at PAX with Udon, and I'm essentially just standing behind the booth and selling books for most of the most of the show, which is busy, but it's a lot less fun. So I essentially <laughs> just told my boss, you know. I was like, look, I told my boss, you have other people to do the booth, and you don't really need me to do it anymore. If that's not true, then let me know. But otherwise, I'm just going to start going to shows with GX, because I would rather do that. I get to actually cover games, and, you know, it's more interesting to me, and he was cool with that. So it worked totally. out in my favor. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you were there for it. Although I didn't, I didn't know if there was one, there was one thing you forgot to mention. 
And that was your experience in the market no. for the I was actually, I, no, that was my last thing. I was actually <laughs> going to mention that and I got derailed. But no, you, it took you like, what, three years or two years? But you came wow. back and, and you, two years, okay. Um, no, but you came back, you kicked ass in that Mario Kart 8 tournament. And I, I, I knew you would because we'd been playing online and for some reason, I guess maybe I've been focusing on Smash more and you've just been getting better and better, but we've been playing online over the, you know, past six months or so occasionally. And you almost always just smoke me and whoever else we're playing with. So I wasn't too surprised, although I do think I got a little screwed because I was subjected to one of those one versus, you know, 1v1 matches, which in Mario Kart 8 is super unbalanced. So I think you would have won still, but I think I would have placed, like, in the top four with you. It's not any fun to rub it in, Ash, when you're so... when you're (laughs) already conceding everything. I know, because I'm so... Well, hey, no, but you were... Hey, you played better. I'm not going to say, oh, you know, I would have won if this or that. No, you definitely were playing better. No, you are are a very good sport about it. But here's here's where the Uh shit-talking comes in. Uh The the Smash tournament was right after that, and you conveniently didn't have enough time to make it to the first (laughs) round while I was waiting in line to participate, where I, I did get to round two, and then I got uh, eliminated by a really you good know what? player. The the sucky thing is, I, I was literally, I was moments away from going into the room to uh, <laughs> to actually see how you were doing. Uh-huh. I was I was out in the hallway, like, I was literally just sitting in a, ha- in a hallway with next to a power outlet, trying yeah. to finish rendering this damn Paper Mario video <laughs> uh, that we had seen earlier that day. I'm like, I need to get this up. Unfortunately, yeah. my laptop, I mean, it's pretty good for a laptop, actually quite good for a laptop, but it's still pales in comparison to my computer to my home computer. So it takes a lot longer to render videos, especially like a 12-minute one at 1080p, 60 frames per second. So I'm just sitting out there like trying to render this stupid video, and it, it was just finishing. I was about to upload it, and then you come walking in. I'm like, oh, I was going to go and see how you were doing. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so you made it, what, to the second round, you said? or Yeah, to the second round. It wasn't very well, like... It, some people played twice, even in the first round. Like, it wasn't very... It wasn't well-organized, just like the Mario Kart tournament. So, right. it wasn't something that I was like, you know... I wasn't too sad to be eliminated. I was like, oh, at least I don't have to, you know, stick around here and deal with this ridiculous scheduling anymore. Because it that, took almost an hour and a half, really, only for me to play my first match. I'm like, this isn't worth yeah, it. Yeah, that, like, is, that is ridiculous. I, I find most packs tournaments yeah. are not very well-organized. If they're huge. If they're smaller, it works out. But when the, for the big ones, it's always a mess. It's, it's weird. They've, they've been hit or miss. I mean, they're... Yeah. Okay, to be fair, they're mostly miss. But there have been a couple of years when they do nail it. Like, I feel like last year's or maybe two years ago, uh, the Mario Kart tournament two years ago was actually pretty well run. Um, and yeah, sometimes they just totally miss the mark. And I don't know what changes or why they can't quite nail it after all this time. Um, but I will say, so uh, on the one hand, I was really happy I won this year's tournament. I've been playing these stupid tournaments for like 13 years now. I finally won first place and won, thank God. <laughs> um, that, that was my only real like disappointment of the convention is that we unknowingly scheduled an appointment for the exact same time and day of uh, as the uh, Hatsune Miku Project Diva F second yeah, tournament. Yeah, too bad. And I, I was like, I know I could have won that because I won yeah. the one at PAX East earlier this year. And I'm like, I really wanted to play in that, but you know, we, we couldn't reschedule the appointment. So just one of those things. But uh Hey, at least your computer knew to not let you go play in that Smash tournament. Because I, I would have felt bad having to, you know. Yeah, I have not played Smash in so long. I would have been wrecked. I have no doubt. Yeah. That. Um, but yeah, for Mario Kart, like I was happy. I, I was really happy I won. On the other hand, like it, it, at the same time, it, it felt like such a, a comparative non-event too, with how poorly won right. it was. And it didn't seem like it had quite the turnout. Uh, it's hard to compare, but they split Mario Kart up into two groups. Maybe the first group was way bigger. All right, the second group wasn't huge, so I... I feel like it was maybe around 40 people. I think 40 people, yeah. Yeah, around that. And it was just weird, because, like, 
I, I was watching your last match with you know the, the top four match, and it was weird because the people you were playing, one of the guys was really good, and I was like, oh man, he might give you a run for your money because he was fire hopping everywhere, and he was, yeah, he was really on point, and he won the first race, and then he just completely he fell, fell apart. apart. Yeah, like for I mean, the other think, three. Yeah, I think part of it is I, I could I could be misremembering. I think I then got up to I think I won in first place, and I was yeah. able to just may, basically hold on to it. Yeah, you were. And you're really good at that. Like, I don't yeah. know. You know, I used to be pretty good at Mario Kart 8, and I'm okay still, but you somehow, you just get in the lead, and you keep it, and I don't know how you do it. Like, What's you, funny it's is, really is hard actually, to keep up with you. That's actually one of my complaints about the game, which is which is funny, because I'm actually pretty good at it, but I feel like once again, <laughs> in the first place, it's too easy in this game to hold on to it. And maybe right. that's just my perspective, which... I guess that could be like a backhanded gloat. I don't Maybe I'm just, I'm just too good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, just too good holding on to first. <laughs> but I do feel like the game, in comparison to, like, say, Double Dash, like, yeah. it's, it is too easy to hold on to first because you have the coins, which gives you the speed boost. First place has first dip, has first dibs at those coins, meaning they can get up to first place, you know, faster than everyone else. They also, and also once they get, like, a defensive item, they're basically completely safe aside from blue shells or a triple yeah. red. So, yeah, that kind of ties into my complaints about the game. I still very much enjoy Mario Kart 8. Like, that's why I've, you know, gone as good as I have, but I, I like playing it. I wouldn't get that good if I didn't like playing the game. Um, I just do hope for, like, Mario Kart 9, they, you know, further build on that. Or more specifically, just make it Double Dash 2. Just add four exclamation marks to the title, <laughs> and I'll be good, so... Well, and I hope that go. for PAX next year, or next Mario Kart tournament, they do no more 1v1s, at least on a Mario Kart 1, 1v1, I mean... Oh. Yeah, it so, just doesn't I mean, make sense. The, the downside for me is, like, all the, the Mario Kart tournaments of... Uh, I mean, they're just. I mean, I guess for me also part of why uh, part of why I love Double Dash so much is they had by far the best packs tournaments up until when they stopped running it like they did when they destroyed right. it. But they used to actually run it on the LAN, so you would have sixteen people and teams of two playing on four different game cubes on four different TVs, you know, in their quarter <laughs> or I guess uh, sorry, yeah, two different TVs in their little quarter, you know quarter portion of the TV. Like, that yeah. was epic. That was so fun. You had so many people like screaming and yelling. It just made it so fun. And that's something they you don't get, even with Mario Kart 8. Um, because they don't do it online or anything. You're yeah. At best, you have uh, four people on a single TV. And as you mentioned, it's one versus one. Which really defeats the entire point of Mario Kart. Because, like, once one, once one person gets... You know, I feel like once one person gets ahead, like, it's so unbalanced to one versus one, there really is no catching up in the second place. Unless right. you get really lucky with the items, so... Yeah, and I had a... Well, when we played one-on-one, -on -one, I had a few times where I almost overtook you, and I might have once, but then I lost it pretty quickly. And I... Yeah. That, that, if, if there was any moment in the whole tournament that I was slightly salty, that was it. Because I was like, man, I could have done a little better. Like, I like I said, I knew you were probably going to win because you'd been playing so well, and I you know, I just had a feeling, but I, I still couldn't help but be a little salty, because I'm like, man, I could have done a, at least better than I did. But, it, you know. If it helps, like, I'm like a complete <laughs> basket case, like a nervous basket case the entire time. No, me too. I, 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 yeah, when, I know what you mean. Like, when I, when, I, when I entered the final match, like, my thumb was shaking so much, <laughs> I had to hold it, like, a, a good, like, half inch above the gas button, so I didn't accidentally trigger it, you know, oh, on sure. the countdown, and just yeah. burn it out completely. Uh, so, well, you, you, and you won by a mile, too. Like, it wasn't even, like, a close win. You killed him. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how Mario Kart goes. Like, if you... You know, it, it, because especially in Mario Kart 8 again, like, for, if first place gets ahead, it's just like a complete war zone in the lower positions. Yeah. So they oh end God. up pulling each other back, whereas first place can just continue to get ahead. So, yeah, we'll see what if Mario Kart NX does anything to rectify that. But Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the NX, we actually just got brand new kind of NX news. I mean, like just before we started doing the podcast. Nice segue. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting better at those. Yeah, uh, yeah we got that up news about... Uh, 
Nintendo UK having a release date for the Breath of the Wild Amiibo, which is March 4th, 2017, which would you would think sort of builds off of that. Might be the release date for the game. Might be the release date for the NX if it's a simultaneous launch and launch title. This le- opens up a lot of poten- uh, possibility. So what do you guys' take on this uh, mysterious release date? That is, a, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, there's two explanations for it. Uh, it's either a straight-up mistake, like as in nothing about it is is valid, or this is information that came out prematurely. And I'm thinking it's the latter, just because of how specific that release date is and how well it matches up with everything else we know. Um, you know, we up to up till this point, they had never officially said when Zelda was coming out beyond 2017, aside from another leaked release date on Nintendo's press site, which listed it as March as well, which it later changed to just 2017. Um, so given how specific this is, giving a specific day in March, which we already know is when the NX is launching, according to Nintendo, I think this is valid, which... Which confirm, which basically confirms Breath of the Wild as a launch title, which makes sense. You know, I think a lot of us expected it, but I also could have seen them you know, pushing out as a holiday title, maybe launching with something else, something big instead um, as a launch title. So I think this is exciting, knowing that even you know, even if it's not totally surprising, it's nice to know that this potentially does mean Breath of the Wild is in fact a launch title and is in fact coming out in March, meaning the NX hasn't been hasn't been delayed either. I think it's slightly suspicious, and, and really only because usually when Nintendo s- it says any month uh, for for any sort of release date, they give it they make it the last possible day in that month. So the fact that it isn't March thirty first at eleven fifty nine p.m. makes me suspicious, just because <laughs> Nintendo loves to push their their release dates to the very end of the month. They do. So to have a March fourth release date is, I mean, I, I, it could very well be that. It's just weird because Nintendo doesn't often release things early in the month. It seems. But you know it does see it. It does add up. I mean, we, you know, March they did have the March on uh, March date on the press site, as you said, Andre, before they took it down. So March, I think, was kind of in people's heads already. Mm-hmm. And I have never really felt that they were going to delay the game even further to holiday 2017. I'm not. I'm not really sure they can afford to do that. So I had kind of felt that it was going to come out, if not day and date with the NX, at least in the launch window of it. So this this makes sense to me. Yeah. I, that's sort of where I'm at. It, it makes sense. It all sort of works out. But the, the only thing, of course, the only wrench in this, this is the release date for the Amiibo. Is the Amiibo going to be released the same day as the NX and Breath of the Wild? Oh, or yeah. Or is I it guess, coming out before? Or is it coming out after? I mean, yeah, I guess I kind of, skipped, kind of glossed over that. I mean, I think, I, I don't think they'd really see Amiibo before the game. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of treating this as, if this means anything, which, to clarify, it may not. But if it does, it definitely coincides with the release date of the Breath of the Wild as well. Which, of course, also has to coincide with the release date of the NX. So, mm-hmm. unless they release it, like, within the first three days of March for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah there, there's, I don't think there's any chance of them releasing the Amiibo before the game. Yeah, I, I doubt I it agree, as well, I agree. So. Especially since, you know, usually they like to have some sort of functionality for the Amiibo when it's released. So. <laughs> yeah, it generally makes sense. Usually a good idea. <laughs> just a little bit, but, yeah, yeah I know, even though I know most people like myself just use it as sort of collector's items. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it, it's all pretty interesting. I mean, it's not too shocking for me because I was always under the assumption that it was going to be March anyway. But it's cool to get confirmation, especially with how early it is in the month, like Ash said. That's the big news to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not that far away now. And here's irony for you. We already have a potential release date for the Breath of the Wild Amiibo and still no release date for Cloud, Corrin, and Bayonetta. <laughs> still. Yeah, that's crazy. Those are never coming. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. 
Oh boy, yeah, it, it's 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 kind of funny, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, speaking of systems, we also, during our week of vacation, had the PlayStation uh, meeting, I guess it was officially called, where they officially unveiled the PlayStation 4 Pro. And I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of underwhelmed. <laughs> I think so, that, that, that's a lot of people were. I think that was kind of the general temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely seemed to be the case. And I don't know what that color might... I, ha- I haven't watched a full presentation, but I went back and watched a little bit of it. Um, after I saw all the reaction, I have to say that thing was pretty boring. Like they just the, it was. the entire announcement. Like I'm not even sure why they, if if I don't know why they planned it as like a stage show or a presentation as they did. If it was that lacking in content, you know that could have been. I think it would have been better served by a press release almost, just because yeah. they announced it in the most unexciting way possible. No, the guy I was talking agree. about all the specs. I forget his name, but it, I mean everybody was talking about how soothing his voice was. That like. God, you're going to put me to sleep, and that's not something you want to do when you're announcing a new system. He was just so going in there; it's just fall. It was falling flat for other people. I'm just sitting in notifications, like shut up. I'm just waiting for anything important because at that point I was already there. So I was like, all right, let's just see what comes out of this. And yeah, you mean Mark Cerny, right? Yeah, Mark Cerny. Yeah, he was and so boring. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's too bad because he actually is a very like he he's a very insightful person. Like he you know, he has some very interesting things to say. Does not the type of person you necessarily want for the announcement of a major product. Um, I, and I have to say, you know what's funny is, did anyone else get a Garth vibe from him up on stage, like from Wayne's World? I totally, like, I was totally getting like a Garth vibe from him, which, I don't know, it's just mannerisms reminded me of Garth. I'm sad to say that I have not seen Wayne's World, so oh, I can't answer that question. <laughs> I know, right? You I have not seen, seen it. World. I know. Yeah. Derek, I, I have to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I wasn't paying that close of attention, so... I oh, okay. What were we going to Derek, I have to say that, that part, a very small part of the reason that I went into the PlayStation conference more excited than I should have been was because you, who you're usually so resistant to rumors... Well, you, you know, you, you, don't have, about, you don't have to bring this up, you know. I don't, but I, but I kind of do, because because you're that's slightly the reason I was more excited okay. than I should have been. So, here's the thing. I'm going <laughs> off the... Big high of Super Mario Run being announced. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah. I want to get back to it. And all of a sudden, I get sent this artwork of what's supposedly Sonic 2017 with PlayStation meeting in the corner. I don't have time or the ability to look over this thing with any type of thought process. And so I was like, ah, oh, freaking hell. Are they actually going to show off Sonic 2017, which is the big reason I watched this press conference, and of course, it was yeah. something. It was com- something completely faked. But I also brought it up with you guys because I was basically <laughs> complaining about the fact that I had to watch the meeting instead of being enjoying my vacation. Yeah, but it also had the side of effect of making you excited. But yeah, it was completely fake. Not that surprising in retrospect. And I had a feeling was, just because, like, Sega made it sound like they weren't going to show off anything about Project Twenty Seventeen until well into next year. So I, I had a feeling, but at the same time. To have you excited about a rumor when you're never excited about? Oh, rumors, I wasn't I'm excited like, about. It. I was like, son of a bitch, I <laughs> cover this now. Yeah, well, it didn't end up not happening, and and I mean, part of I, I think I'll, I went into it a little more ex- you know excited than I should have been just because of my own expectations too. Like usually, PlayStation press conferences are a little more exciting than that, yeah. and it just wasn't this time. And I think you know the PS4 Pro maybe is cool for people who have 4K TVs, but. I don't think 4K is being widely adopted yet, and I ha- I'm perfectly happy with my 1080p screen, and I just don't really feel that, you know, like, games like Horizon Zero Dawn and Final Fantasy XV, they already look amazing to me. Like, I don't feel the need yeah. to make them look even better. Yeah, that's a, sort of where I'm at, and also just 
the whole idea that it doesn't support 4K Blu-rays or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, movies. which is very strange. Like that which, seems kind of like a backwards decision. It, yeah, that's a huge oversight. It just doesn't seem worthwhile. It, now the new, now the new instance of the place, what's essentially the PlayStation 4 Slim, that seems fine. Yeah, uh, if I found exciting, but the the Pro is good for those that care about it, but not something to be excited about at all. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think that yeah. should. Yeah, I mean, the the presentation itself wasn't exciting. It just sounded like a checklist of the features the system has. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people seem to almost hate the PS4 Pro. It, like, I've seen a lot of negative reaction to it. I think I don't, I don't know quite why it's getting that reaction. I mean, it was boring when they announced it. I think it's a fine device if you're yeah. just getting into the PS4 ecosystem. At the same time, like if you already have a PS4, it doesn't seem like you'll be missing out on much. Like it's almost kind of a good thing in a sense, in that it, because it doesn't seem compelling enough to upgrade. Uh, it, I don't think it necessarily is going to make the PS4 obsolete, like some people were fearing uh, yeah. before it was officially announced. No, I agree, and I also have to give you know Sony credit for this. They're also uh, releasing this free HDR update, like the high di- high dynamic right. range color update, where it's it's free essentially for all PS4 users, and that by itself allegedly will make some games look better, and you don't even have to have a pro for that. So, you know, I have to give them credit for not positioning the pro as something that you have to upgrade to if you already have a PS4. Like, they're they're very honest. They're like, no, if you already have a PS4, this is what the pro offers, and you can get it if you want, but you're still fine if you have the, the regular PS4. And, mm-hmm. I, and I did appreciate that. I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It is... I, 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 I am really interested to see what's going to happen here in the future, because it is coming out a year before the Scorpio... At the same time, it's not like the Scorpio is going to be much more powerful. Right. So I am really interested to see how this is going to shake out because the Scorpio may, you know, it may end up being like effectively a next generation. We just don't know how right. to what extent they're going to treat it. So we'll yeah. see. It's very interesting times, I think. Yeah, but we also have seen time and time and time again in the past that power doesn't matter too much. PlayStation Two is not the most powerful system yet. It steamrolled right. everybody else because of timing and. Just you know, getting it out there for everybody. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, exactly. That's certainly true. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, hard to say, but uh, well, this part you can tune out for, Andre. But uh, <laughs> something that's more interesting for Ash and I, speaking of PlayStation, is that fact that <clears throat> at TGS they announced that Kingdom Hearts 2.8 is going to be delayed until January. But on top of that, we got a new trailer. <laughs> right, and you know what? I'm okay with that. Like. Honestly, I, I kind of was assuming it was going to get delayed because, look, FF15 comes out at the end of November now. Why would they want to kind of waste that momentum and not space out Kingdom Hearts better? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why, why throw Kingdom Hearts into the month after when you can space it out and get more mileage out of each game? So I was almost certain that Kingdom Hearts 2.8 was going to get delayed. And honestly, I thought it was going to get delayed a little, little further than it did. I'm surprised it's only one month. Yeah, I, that's good though. I mean, it is still. I mean, this is a major re-release because two thirds of the content is new, right? But uh, you know, it's not unexpected. I'm also not that broken up about it because you know, I'll get to it when I get to it. There's plenty of other games to play, that's for sure. Exactly. Uh, but the new trailer, I got to say, was pretty damn good. I, I like the new footage of Aqua. I'm really excited for her uh, her, her gameplay. Me too. Uh, just, like that that long hallway with all the pillars and all the th- of a sudden everything goes upside down. Like it's a simple effect, but man, is it a kind of effective, especially paired up with the music. I mean, it, it looks gotta, be- yeah, it looks beautiful. And yeah, the the music. 
Yeah, we have a brand new uh, remix of Simple and Clean, which, boy, it's been a while since we had one of those. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I do agree with the people that who are saying well, we're really sick of these two songs. Like, they, they've gotten, they've reused Simple and Clean and Sanctuary so many times at this point. But at the same time, that new remix of Simple and Clean is so sick. It's mm. so good. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, you guys, I mean, Kingdom Hearts trailers are almost always good. But that remix of Simple and Clean really got me in to what I was watching. By the way, if you haven't seen the new Final Fantasy 15 trailer yet either, Derek, you should go watch that. It's see, I, I, so I'm at this good. point. See, I'm at this point. I've decided like I'm going to get it anyway. I'm going to go in fresh. Now I, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of staying away from the trailers because the thing is, thanks to analyses, I don't get to go in fresh to a lot of games too often anymore. So. That's a good point. Yeah, and and me, I'm just I'm not patient at all. So I'm like just devouring every trailer and piece of footage I can about 15. So you're, you're, you're definitely doing it the better way because you're going to go in completely fresh. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, boy. But, uh, well, let's get Andre back into the conversation here. This past week, uh, the GameCube is officially 15 years old. So we're old, yeah. men. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday, GameCube. One of my favorite oh my Nintendo consoles in its own weird way. I really like the GameCube. Oh, that came out over half my life ago, or yep. yeah, I know. a little, un- or right a little under my half my life. Yeah. yeah, I still remember the day I got the GameCube. I, I, I went to my local electronics boutique, EB Games, and uh, picked it up. That was, I think, right after I started to drive. Actually, like, yeah, yeah so, it was, uh, it was pretty soon actually. after I started to drive, and I remember <laughs> getting that with Luigi's Mansion and Super Monkey Ball, and I think Star Wars Rogue Squadron, and man. I had I had a blast with pretty much all three of those games. Honestly, it was it was a solid launch. So I didn't actually. I didn't have a blast at launch. <laughs> Why is that? Because, because so uh, I didn't pre-order it. Like pre-orders weren't as big as they are now. Although they were, they still existed. I think, just not to the same extent. Uh, so instead, my friends and I decided to go camp out in front of Target overnight. And we were literally the first people in line for the GameCube. Nice. <laughs> in fact, we were we were there for at least we got there. I think around like seven p.m. the night before. That can be uh, fun though. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Like, it, it, it was fun. Um, and then people started filtering in. Uh, the line never evidently got as long as the line for the Xbox, which, is, which, which launched just three days earlier. Right. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed hearing about that. Uh, but yes, we were at the front of the line. We stayed out, we camped out overnight. Um, and by camped out, I mean, we didn't sleep at all. We were just up all night waiting for yeah. the doors to open. So the doors finally opened. We, like, we run to get our GameCube and the games. I think I bought, I got Wave Race, Rogue Leader, Luigi's Mansion and Monkey Ball, um, so pretty pretty good lineup. Pretty good lineup, and so I get home. It's probably like 11 a.m. at this point, or maybe 10 a.m. somewhere around there. I start playing the games, and I'm exhausted, and I'm like, I'm not having any fun at all. These games, these games, I should be having fun. This is just really, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So I went to sleep. I woke up like probably eight hours later, and I started having fun with them. So that was cool. That's but, good. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I never want to do that again. I uh, never want to camp out again for a product. Right? And it happened since. I never yeah, want to do that again. Yeah, I, I did that for the Wii, and I kind of had a similar experience as you, where I was like, I just kind of want to go to bed. So I, yeah, I know what you mean. it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually didn't get the... I got the GameCube for Christmas, so that was a good Christmas for me. And I got it with Smash Brothers, uh, Super Monkey Ball, and Rogue Squadron. I think, you know, there's, I'm, I'm seeing a through line here as far as games that everybody picked up at launch. Uh, no, I, I ended up really enjoying the GameCube. Uh, it was definitely a great system. I did not, I obviously, I did not have as many games as I did for the PS2, but the games that I did play on it were so much fun. It, it, it stands out as a, a good little system. 
It does, yeah, absolutely. I had, I mean, it is a great system. I think it's a system I maybe appreciate even more in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, just because I can separate it now from that whole generation um, where it largely was overshadowed by, uh, you know, of course the PS2, but also the Xbox. Even though they end up selling similarly, um, the Xbox is doing a lot of things that it wouldn't do for years after. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's actually why a lot of my attention went to the Xbox. I, I love the Xbox as well. And a lot of my time I spent playing online. I had a blast of Halo 2, uh, Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, and Crimson Skies. Like, it was giving me experience Nintendo wasn't able to. Um, and it, you know, and that's why I think now going back and playing those games, which I also play at the time, I have a, you know, I do have a more of an appreciation for them now just because I can divorce them from the time period. So, yeah, and there's some fantastic games. I think we actually have a topic about that, which we'll be discussing later yeah. where we give our top three games. So, or maybe we could do that now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, whichever. I mean, you want to just do it quick? Yeah, we could probably just do that real quick. I guess sure. uh, this topic is that, or it was the, it was an extra topic we had, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was an extra topic, uh, depending on how much time we had. Uh, yeah, I've got Chrono right. Jack, so. From Chrono Jack. Yeah. Go for it. You want to read it? Uh, he just says, Happy 15th anniversary to the Nintendo GameCube. What are your top three games for the system? His are Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, and Double Dash. It's a pretty right, solid a pretty, list. It's a pretty good lineup, yeah. Yeah. I mean, except for except for number one. That's a huge mistake. But Oh, how dare you? <laughs> it's a huge mistake for, for multiple reasons. One, Wind Waker, the original Wind Waker should not be number one. Two, going by my list, the true number one is Resident Evil 4, which is one of the best mm-hmm. games of all time. Second... Fittingly enough, I put Double Dash, because, I mean, it has to be number two. It has two exclamation marks. It's called Double. Of course it's number two. <laughs> and, then, and that also is which is one of my favorite games to play, period. Three, I put Metro Prime. And also, I want to clarify, whenever it comes to top lists, this could change any time for me. If you ask me a week from now, yeah. it might be a totally different I was three. Like, this, is, this is actually a lot more different. We're gonna, ours is going to be more different than I thought. Interesting. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if Resident Evil 4 isn't, isn't anywhere there, how God help you. Jesus. It, I'll uh, tell you, yeah. spoiler alert, it isn't. I, I'm not the biggest oh. RE fan. I, even wow. though I recognize how amazing I'm not RE the biggest RE fan either. And I, I still acknowledge Resident Evil 4 as one of the best games of all time. I do too, but these three that I have, I, oh, I like man. more. Which are, number one, of course, has to be Wind Waker, because despite what you may <sighs> think, it is here. the best 3D <laughs> Zelda of all time, made oh, even my. better in Wind Waker HD, but Wind Waker itself is still a masterpiece. The sailing was god-awful. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. Uh, second, I'm going to have to give it to Paper Mario The Thousand-Year Door. That yeah, game that, that is, one, that, I, was, uh, I was debating between that and Metro Prime. For my uh, so I was surprised you didn't put Paper Mario in there. I'm it's like, like I said, you asked me two. a week from now, could, that, could be taking, that could be taking its spot. So. Yeah. And then third, I'm going to have to go with Metroid Prime. Resident Evil yeah, 4 okay. and Double Dash are both amazing, but they're not quite top three material for me. The oh, best Mario boy. Kart of all time isn't top three <laughs> for you? I mean, Mario Kart DS, but that's not on the GameCube. <laughs> you are disappointing me in so many ways right now. So <laughs> good, I love it. <laughs> that just goes to show how good a lineup the GameCube had, because, man. That's true. Uh, yeah, I, I, have to, I have to agree with Ash for number one, Wind Waker. Thank you, Yes! I Wind Waker is my favorite you, Zelda, so it oh has to be God. number one. But Resident Evil is so close behind that. The it only thing that, be. That's yeah, fair. I mean, the funny thing is, is both uh, Wind Waker and Resident Evil Four have better versions on other systems. Like the definitive version of RE Four is the Wii version. The definitive version of yeah. Wind Waker is HD, right? Uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but then also, yeah, Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prime is so good. It's so good. I love like you can't leave Metroid it. off. No, it is can't. actually it is remarkable as how well that era that eras of games hold up, or specifically the GameCube, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, perhaps other consoles as well, but 
the GameCube, those games hold up really well. Metroid Prime, it still looks like a, it still looks good. I mean, it yeah, it's dated, but it looks good still. And Wind Waker as well, which we saw in Wind Waker HD. Um, yeah. yeah. And even Resident Evil 4 does not look that bad. It holds up relatively well. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I agree. The attention to detail in that game was remarkable both for its time, and I think even still... Uh, even though you know some of the models might look dated or whatnot, the detail there it still holds up. Um, it, especially when it, like in terms of the animations, like the reload animations, those are almost still unrivaled for other games. Like the shotgun oh, yeah. reload animation is amazing in that game. So good, and th- I mean just even beyond that, we got of course Paper Mario. I actually I really enjoyed Pikmin. I'd like I'd like to go back and play Pikmin two at some at some point, but Pikmin I really enjoyed when I Pikmin Pikmin one. Still my favorite of the series, and um, but I have to say, Pikmin Two I actually appreciate more going back to than I did at the time, um, hmm. because now that I now that can't disappoint me a second time, I've come to like <laughs> what it does well. So yeah, you can you can see it's uh, good points now. Yeah, exactly. Now so. I'm surprised you didn't have Super Mario Sunshine on your list, Andre. Ash, <laughs> can you not? Can you just not stop, man? No, Jeez. no, he can't. He no, has to cause hell for us. I do, yeah, apparently. Um, you know, but I, I'm looking at a list of games now, and I do have to give a quick shout out to both F Zero GX, Soul Calibur Two, and oh, yeah. Tales of Symphonia. Yes. All three of those were so good. Like the GameCube, just looking back on it, it had such a great library. Like, wow, it did. Wasn't Tales also on Dreamcast though? No, no. But you're probably okay. thinking of Grandia Two, which was not on GameCube. Okay, yeah, that might yeah. be the one. God, there was also Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes. That was really good. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people, MGS fans, don't like that, but I actually really thought it was great. Yeah. Fire Emblem: The Sacred. Uh, no, Fire Emblem: uh, Path of Radiance. Excuse me, I just finished. Yeah, the Sacred Eternal yeah, Darkness. Oh yeah! Oh god! Man. Eternal Darkness. All Four there, Swords too. Adventures. That game was a great. Did by far the best mm-hmm. multiplayer. Actually, no, that's. Actually, I was going to say the best multiplayer Zelda game, but I actually like the GBA one better, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, GameCube, great system. That's why I, th- I think that's why so many people are, want GameCube games to be on a virtual console. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to play one now these days, like, unless you go out mm-hmm. and buy the actual system itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so. you, you know what's really funny is that none of us have mentioned Melee. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of us well, have mentioned Melee, I mean, which is Melee's one of the biggest the, deal games. It's also yeah. It's, it's it's one of those things. It's a constant. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, such a solid game that it, obviously it's going to be on our top five, top ten, whatever. No, see, I'm actually going to disagree with you there. For yeah, me, I don't know. For for I I, I fully acknowledge I'm in the minority on this. I actually mm-hmm. much prefer the original Smash or any other Smash to Melee. Um, no, I'm right there with you. I agree. Yeah. Any other? I, Smash. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's just that if for whatever reason among my friend group it just fell out of favor. We went back to the original until Brawl came out. Um, the, the mechanics of, uh, of that game just didn't, just didn't quite click with me. Uh, yeah. Almost literally, because of the clicky analog sticks. Which <laughs> played into, or uh, analog buttons, rather. So yeah. It wasn't quite that, that uh, severe for us. Like, we played Melee as long as, that, as long as it was out. We didn't go back to 64, but once Brawl came out, like, we never looked back. There was no yeah. question. Like, mm-hmm. Brawl was just what was the new standard for us. So, yeah, I don't know. Melee didn't really... Like I just feel like Melee has been surpassed by every other Smash game since for for me personally. Oh man, so that, that game is gonna draw a lot of eyes. Oh, it sure is. Yeah. Bring it on! I know. I, I had fun with Melee at the time with my friends. I don't yeah. go back to it at all. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. I, it's a great game for what it was back then, and I know so many people still love it now. And I think that's awesome. I just think for what I like in Smash, and I think what all of us like in Smash, it was great at the time. But we just enjoy the others more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Had had the others not been out, I'm sure I would have had. Like, I'm sure I would play that nonstop. But because I had the original 64, which 
I loved, and then Brawl came out. Yeah, we just ended up playing those instead. Yeah. Not entirely. I mean, I want to clarify. We played our fair share of uh, Malay as well, but, you know, we, they were just alternatives we preferred, so. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Man, yeah. Uh, now I just want GameCube VC titles. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, especially because a lot of a lot of GameCube games, the really good ones, are really expensive. Yeah, they actually really are. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So, good luck if you want Path of Radiance or my my White Whale for a while, trying to find Skies of Arcadia Legends, which I'm looking forward to. Oh right, playing at some point. I'm, once I get, I think once I get done with all of the uh, Ace Attorney games, that's when I'll start playing Skies of Arcadia. There we go. Well, maybe on NX, maybe we'll finally get GameCube Virtual Console. Man, uh, let's nice. hope. I yeah. mean, I, I just hope they finally nail the virtual console. Like, you know, make it so you buy a game once, it's, it's you, it keeps, yeah. you know, it's in very forever. Yeah. You're yeah, telling exactly. me. Yeah. Right? That'd be nice. Yeah. Oh, boy. Would be. But, uh, well, you guys want to move over to the other topics? Let's do it. Uh, oh, are we doing news? Well, we can keep covering news. Uh, uh, I guess, I mean, we, we, covered, we cover all the big stuff, I guess, so... We, yeah, we covered a few of the big, uh, big things. Most of this other stuff is sort of minor. Like, Ash, I'm sure you're pretty excited for Spectre of Torment being released yes. in 2017. And I, and I was actually at Yacht Club's offices uh, recording the interview for our upcoming art book on Tuesday, and I tried my best to get them to give me any sliver of just tease of information, and they were tight-lit. They were like, nope, not telling you anything. You just have to wait <laughs> till spring. I'm like, fine, whatever. So, yeah, I, but I am super excited about Spectre of Torment, which, of course has Spectre Knight playable, and then they're going to release another mode. They're, they have the body swap mode, and they have the battle mode, like the Smash Brothers-esque battle mode coming. And so they're going to re- uh, release one of those modes alongside the Spectre Knight campaign. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I still need to go back and play... Uh, uh, oh, God, I forgot his name. Plague of Shadows. Plague of Shadows, yeah. Yeah. I have yet, yet to play that, so oops. <laughs> I, still need to play, I still need to play Shovel Knight. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Derek, Plague of Shadows is great, and you should play it, but that's no, nowhere near as severe as Andre not having played Shovel Knight <laughs> at all. Okay, hold on. Okay, I have played it. I just didn't beat it, so I played it like an hour's worth. An hour. That's not yeah. even close to enough. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> You're just a disappointment, Andre. I'll tell you what, yeah. I'll play it when you put Resident Evil 4 as number one in your GameCube list. Ah. Uh. Well, I mean, I guess I mean you're 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 only depriving yourself, then I guess, right? I guess. <laughs> he he seems real torn up about it. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go ahead and get to our Patreon top right. Patreon patron topics. Uh, of course, for just one dollar a month, you can uh, get our podcast uh, three days early every Friday and offer up these type of topics. So, uh, Andre, since it's been a while, what is your topic? So we have Manuel Souza, I think, asking. Uh, he, he's he's wondering what is our definition of a spinoff. He says he sees people all the time calling games like Federation Force and the multitude of Kingdom Hearts games on the DS spinoffs, when in his opinion they really aren't. Uh, he continues, I feel a game is only a spinoff when a the different gameplay style, like Metro Prime Pinball, or b they don't add anything ca- uh, can can okay, I can't even say this canonically, canonically. canonically. Yeah. to the overall. Canonically. We, that, if they don't add anything to the overall story, uh, something like Kingdom Hearts and even Federation Force do, and so he's wondering if we have time, what is your favorite spin-off game? So um, I feel like this is the kind of thing I don't know there, if I have a specific definition for, but when I see, but I know a spin-off when I see one, mm-hmm. and for me, I definitely consider Federation Force a spin-off yeah. because even though it may fit into the canon you know, the canon timeline or the canon series. The gameplay style, even though at its base level is like Metro Prime, it, in a more macro sense, it isn't. 
like the by breaking it by level such as they have makes it feel very on Metro Prime like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that game is is almost definitely a spinoff. Um, and I'm trying to think of other examples that might like straddle a line like where people aren't quite sure. I can't. Nothing's jumping to my mind at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you agree with Federation Force being a spin, or be, you know, with him as not being a spinoff, or with me that it is? No, I agree with you that it is. Federation Force feels like a spinoff to me. I think he's half right. They have to differ in gameplay style. Uh, but if they add, if they're canonical to the story, that's not a major deal because let's let's look at Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Chain of Memories came out on the Game Boy Advance. Totally a spinoff in, the ter- in terms of how it plays. Like the whole card-based battle mm-hmm. system, that is not like the main series at all. Yet the, they did make the story kind of necessary. If you want to understand yeah. what the hell is going on in Kingdom Hearts Two, it makes it kind of weird. But uh, I, I don't think uh, it being canon or not has a major portion to do with us being no. a spinoff. I think well, it having uh, you know playing differently is the major factor here. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, even Zelda um, has tons of spin-off games that fit within the official timeline, like you know, Force Wars Adventures, or just original Four Swords, even, um, mm-hmm. and now Triforce Heroes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is interesting. You know, It's actually secretly a great question, because it really does get down to the nitty-gritty of what really specifically defines a spin-off. And it's true. The more I think about it, it's like it's kind of hard to, to draw that line, because... I, while I agree with both of you that Metroid Prime Federation Force would be a spinoff, I can also see the argument for it not being a spinoff. So it's it's kind of interesting. And for me, I mm-hmm. think I look to the Mega Man series for my kind of inspiration of what of, of does and do. does not. <laughs> well, but it actually it actually is apt here because Mega Man has like seven different series that spun off from the main series. But it's interesting because I don't consider like Mega Man X, for example. I don't consider that a spinoff. It's it's very much a sequel series in the vein of the original Mega Man. It's a direct sequel. At the same mm-hmm. time. Battle Network, I absolutely would consider a spinoff because it completely switches up the gameplay and kind of takes place in its own timeline. But it, but it is, of course, based on the Mega Man franchise and name, and, that, and that's what they're using to sell it. So, yeah, it's weird because X could also technically be considered a spinoff because it did it was birthed from the original series. So it is kind of interesting. What does make a spinoff versus not make a spinoff? It's especially interesting when you look, in thinking about this, when you look at some earlier installments of well-known franchises now, if they were released today, I think they might be considered spin-offs. Take a look at Zelda 2. plays completely differently yeah. than, any of those, than any of the other Zelda games. But it's only in hindsight now that it stands out. At the time, um, even though it did play very much different to Zelda 1, um, you know, there wasn't an established template yet for Zelda games. Uh, so, but yeah, we don't consider that a spinoff. Same thing with like Mario Two, even though it's a, l- a little bit lesser of a degree. But it, that game also plays fairly differently compared to the other Mario games. Um, yeah, it still fits within. You know, I don't think most people consider that a spinoff. So it, it is weird how it's not. I mean, like I said, there's not. It, I don't think there's like a defining line. I just know a spinoff when I see one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think. It- Oh, no, it's just a general feeling that you get. Like, I mean, some of them are obviously easier to declare a spinoff than others. Like, Mario Party, obviously, obviously a spinoff. Mario Kart. Right. That, that sort of thing where it's just completely different. In your case, Ash, Mega Man Soccer. A spinoff. <laughs> Definitely a spinoff. Yeah. So, it, it, it's kind of funny how there's some that's super obvious, but then you, when you get into, as you said, we're saying with the other Mega Man series, that's when it gets a little iffy about whether it's actually a spinoff or not. But I still think... If the gameplay is different, that's when it feels like a spinoff to me. Like, Mega Man X Command Mission, I would totally <laughs> label that a spinoff. 
Well, what's funny about that is it's it's almost a spinoff of a spinoff, or, or even like Mega Man Battleship Challenge, for for example. That's a spinoff of Battle Network. So that's like spinoffception there, because it's like a spinoff <laughs> of a spinoff of a spinoff. It's so oh, ridiculous. We're going too deep. Yeah. <laughs> so I well, think I, I agree with you, though, Derek. I think it is for me. It's more about the gameplay style. If if something uses a series name and it it keeps the the core gameplay of what the original game in that series is known for. I, I consider it less of a spin-off, but if they completely switch up the genre of gameplay, such as in from platforming to RPG and the Battle Network example, then that's kind of a spin-off in, in, in my eyes. So in thinking about more, how much do you think the title plays into it? Because There's that like too. Fe- yeah, but Federation Force, even though it has a Metro Prime name, it's not numbered. It's not Metro Prime 4. Uh, and now I'm thinking, if it were called Metro Prime 4, would, it, would, would we be treating it the exact same way? And even though I'm... You know, even though I'm convinced of it being a spinoff, in thinking of it in those terms, I'm not so sure anymore. Because if we're yeah. called Metro Prime Four, it, I guess it kind of ties back into my Zelda Two example. Like, would we not be treating it as part of the series? Yeah, I mean, if it really was just called The Legend of Zelda: Link's Adventure, I feel like it would be much easier to categorize Zelda Two as a spinoff. But because <laughs> yeah, you have true. that two in the name, it makes it feel like it's part of you know the the overall the main. Line of games, and and which and, and by that definition, it can't be a spinoff. So it, it is tricky. The, the name has to, has to do with it too. And I agree with you. If it was called Metroid Prime Four, then I feel like it would be a lot less ready to call it a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it'd still be really tricky because boy, does it not play like the other Metroid Prime games no, in that in that in that, in that case. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't. Right on, on a core level, it does. On the macro level, it doesn't. It's it is weird. So yeah. So I guess to the second part of his question, what is your favorite spinoff game? Oh um, God. And, and that's hard to answer because there's so many spinoffs, and I can't even think of what all would be categorized as a spinoff. But one that comes to my mind, I'm not gonna say it's necessarily my favorite, but uh, one that does stand out to me is Kirby Air Ride. Just because it oh, is yeah. so different from how the normal Kirby games play. And actually, what's funny is Kirby is really more of a spin off series at this point than anything. There's probably far more Kirby spin offs than actual core Kirby platformers. <laughs> um, but I love, like, specifically uh, City Trial, which I'm sure I've talked about before. That mode is just so fun to me. Um, that alone might make Kirby Air Ride one of my favorite spin offs. Um, although, actually, now I'm reminded of another Kirby game Kirby's Pinball Land. I had such a blast with that mm. game, too, because it took. Oh, yeah. It, Combined, you know, Kirby elements with pinball and turned into something that really, as far as I know, didn't exist at that point. I think this was, this was even before Sonic Pinball, so um, it, it made a platforming pinball game, and that was um, a lot of fun. Excuse you, Sonic Spinball. Spinball, yeah, <laughs> my bad. Um, you know, I'm actually also reminded of Kirby Mass Attack, which I really also enjoyed as a spinoff game. Like, yeah, it, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but. That's that was a, an example of a really good spinoff game in my mind. Um, for me, it's all I, Kirby. It's Kirby games all the way down. I, I know, just, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Kirby's for, very good yeah. at the spinoff thing. That's why there's a, there is so many. <laughs> it's true. I think the easy answer for me is the Battle Network series as a whole. Like, not just because I'm a Mega Man fan, but like I know a lot of Mega Man fans kind of rallied against the Battle Network series because it wasn't you know a platformer. But I don't know. For me, I guess it was just the right place, right time. But I became completely captivated by its kind of Saturday morning cartoonish universe, and I just got really drawn in by, like, the idea of what the Battle Network world was all about. So, for me, my favorite spinoff has to be the, the Battle Network series as a whole. Like, I just, I think it really took the idea of a spinoff and executed it really well. It is so hard for me to determine a spin <laughs> like, what, what is my favorite? There is... So many good games out there, but I'll have to go with Andre, just the first one that popped into my head. 
And one that always stands out to me is sort of like this fun little spinoff title is Pokemon Conquest, which oh, yeah. was you know sort of this weird spinoff that was a combination of Nobunaga's ambition. So you got a strategy gameplay with Pokemon, and it worked. It was a lot of fun. It was quite challenging. It was it felt really different, and I ended up really enjoying it. Also because I enjoy strategy games as well. So I yeah. I, I don't know if that's my absolute favorite. I'd have to really look at all the games I played, but uh, it is up there as a really good spinoff, and while sticking to the core, but also being sort of its own thing. Here's a question. What do you consider Sticker Star? I was just thinking about the same question. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that and Mario Party Star Rush. I'm like, is that a spinoff of a spinoff? Um, right, that's what I'm wondering, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, Sticker Star... I feel like because of what we know of, of how they view the series internally at Nintendo now, I think it's safe to call every Paper Mario game that released thus far a mainline Paper Mario game. Because oh, it used to be that we thought they were, quote-unquote, supposed to be RPGs. And then we come to find out that, no, that's not really the case anymore. Like, they, they view that as their kind of experimental series to do whatever they want with. So in that sense, you know, the way Nintendo defines it, I would say that Sticker Star and Color Splash are not spinoffs. It is, yeah. it is kind of weird how it gets back into the hindsight thing, where at the time, and I can't say for sure if I would have said this or not, but at the time, I I think Sticker Star did feel like more of a spinoff, or definitely felt like, felt yeah. like a spinoff. But now that we know like the general direction of the series, it seems like less of one. So it is weird how time contextualizes and can change, you know, arguably change it as well. Um, so yeah, I would say that's a very good question by Manuel here, actually. Yeah, so, seriously. Yeah. It's funny, it's looking back, I would say Super Paper Mario is the one that most that most feels like it's been off now. Uh, that's that's kind of true. Yeah, that is right. true. This is such a weird question. Isn't it? Yeah, it I love it. We question everything. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Man, this is, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Oh, All right, Derek, boy. what's All your right. topic? My topic comes from, I think that's Bell Aim. Bell M. Yeah. It looks like yeah. yeah, I, M. I, I, yeah. Literally, I almost literally have no idea how to pronounce any of our Patreons' names. So. I, yeah, like <laughs> Ashes. I can't pronounce that name. That's just too weird. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Harris. Wait, I, think I know mine, mine's so yeah, mine's so difficult. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Bell Aim. Uh, sorry if I got that wrong. Says hi, Game Explained. It seems that the past couple of Nintendo directs seem to get all the negative get to all get negative or meh or could have been better reviews comments from a lot of people on social media sites. So I was wondering, what is a Nintendo Direct or something similar that stands out uh, in your memory as a good announcement that really got you excited? And what do you think it takes for a good Nintendo Direct? Examples, do you think enjoy the silly skits or would you rather it be more simple with just highlighting the new information, longer or longer or shorter announcements? Do you think... It, do you like a long wait for the direct or the surprise? It's in two days approach. Thank you so much for reading. Huge fan. So thank you for being a fan. And yeah, Nintendo directs—they don't happen quite so much anymore, do they? <laughs> they really don't. No. It's a little sad. Yeah, a little bit. They used yeah. to be quite often, and you know, I, I kind of have a different view. Like as far as preparing, like on a, based on her last question, like do you like the long wait for the direct or the surprise? It's in two days approach. To me, no matter what, it's sort of like, especially with this sort of job, it's sort of like, oh, God, like I'm excited, but it's like, oh, that's going to be so much work, <laughs> especially for what we do with each direct it's true, and how we yeah. cover it. Yeah. it it's like it, half the time we can't even enjoy it in the way that other people can, and it, it gets to be quite uh, hectic. <laughs> to say I, I, didn't, I didn't even watch the latest direct until today. Literally, I had oh, not, seen, I had oh, not yeah. seen it before. So. That's crazy. Um, 
So I guess well going off of that, I definitely prefer the surprises and two days approach because I yeah. feel like as soon as they announce something, time just takes forever. Yes, sends up until that point. Yeah. So I much prefer the surprise when it's just around the corner as opposed to knowing it's a week or two out when it's still like it takes forever. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Although I will say Pokemon jumps up on me when, even though they announced like, hey, next week is going to be another yeah. Pokemon bit of information. That, that's different from a direct, but I, I do mostly agree with you that the surprise in two days and approach is nicer because it's like, oh, cool, that's coming up and I can cover that. Or, oh, God, I need to get all this done before that happens. Well, yeah, because you know, there so, have been times in the past where they've announced directs like a couple of weeks or in advance or I think maybe even almost a month sometimes. And right. it's just, it, it, like you said, Andre, it makes time just feel like it slows to a crawl. And it's like... Oh. Whether it's going to be a great direct or kind of a not so great direct and it's disappointing, I just want to know already. Like, I don't want to have to think about it for three weeks. So mm-hmm. I, I very much, it, I totally agree. It's it's nice to have the direct announcement and then ha- know that it's going to happen within a day or two. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess I mean I feel like this is, this is a question we may have talked about before. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. A, but, a little bit to some degree, but. Uh, yeah, I guess. It, I mean, what do you guys? What do you think makes for a good direct? Like, do you like? I mean, I guess we can use this recent one as an example to better make it more uh, topical. I, what do you think about the skits, for instance? You know, do you think they always work, or do you think they're hit or miss? Um, I, I and you can use a live direct as an example, for instance. <laughs> well, Bill and his uh, <laughs> pension for donuts seems to have gotten into, <laughs> into trouble. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I enjoy the skits. They help break up the direct and keep things. Not, not, not necessarily moving, but keeping things separate. So it's not all just a jumbled mess of announcement, 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 announcement. And I enjoy having that time to breathe. I know some people are like, oh, shut up and just give me the announcements. But I enjoy having that little bit, like, process the last thing, let's have the next wing. And I think the, the skits do well in doing in providing that sort of thing. And plus, they just sort of add little bits of humor and general cheesiness to the whole event. Yeah, they do. I mean, I yeah. think. I mean, yeah, they they do convey Nintendo's like charming personality, which is great. Like, it helps give Nintendo itself a personality instead of just being like a faceless corporation. Um, I like the skits overall as well. However, I do have to say, like watching the latest one, I felt like there were a few. I don't know. Maybe my perspective has changed. But I feel I don't know if it was the skits or me. But I felt like they were a little bit more cringe-inducing this time than they usually or than they generally have been. Um, and I say that knowing fully well that I make those same type of jokes all the freaking time. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. being a giant hypocrite here. Need, I, need but, I remind you of our skit, Andre? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Well, Which, by the way, that was a to- that was almost like a completely last-minute thing. I remember you were freaking out. I was like, I don't know if we have time to do this. I'm like, no, Derek, this has to happen. Oh, we have to make this. We have to have <laughs> and a then good... And you made me do have- two takes of it. <laughs> yep, yeah. I know. That's right. I'm like, we have to make it... We have to, ha- we have to give, like, a suitably epic intro by our standards for the analysis. <laughs> by our standards. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so... I don't know. I, when they, I think the skits are. What I'm getting at is, is, I think the, the skits can be hit or miss. I felt like they kind of missed them this time, whereas I think they nailed it before. And I think it, like their E3 ones, they almost usually nail those across the board. Yeah. Um, so if they can get something more of that nature, where it better ties into the subject matter, I think that's when they're at their best. This one, I think maybe that's it. This one, it felt more random. It felt more scattershot than they, than they usually or than they have been in the past. So that may have been why it didn't quite resonate with me as much as before. Well, I think what it is for me is I, I love the skits. Like, I, I would not want them to take away the skits because I agree. I think they, they kind of humanize what is otherwise, you know, a faceless corporation. They they make Nintendo feel fun in a way that the other console publishers don't. Like, there's just there's an approachability with, with Nintendo because of these skits. It just makes it feel lighthearted and goofy, and I like that. Like, see, yeah, see the PS4? 
PS4 Pro presentation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I feel like sometimes the skits kind of veer a little too far into the manufactured cheesiness, mm-hmm. you know, quality. So, so and, and that's when I stop enjoying them as much. Like, like when Nintendo, when you get that sense that Nintendo really is trying their best to deliver these fun skits and they just end up being kind of goofy and, and they kind of are embarrassing despite themselves, that's genuine. And I love that because it's like you have to, you kind of want to shake your head and it's like, oh, this is so embarrassing, kind of uncomfortable, but in that endearing, genuine way. When it, when it comes off like they try to manufacture that cheesiness, then I'm like, eh, I'm not as into this. You know what I mean? But it's not something that like you can quantify necessarily. It's just uh, like a feeling you have. Is anything coming to mind specifically that you can think of? Just... For reference, or? um, like I, I kind of got that sense with the like the donuts with Bill this time. Like, yeah, okay, so we're on the same page here, I think. Yeah, I, like I, I think agree. before when they did it as a one-off thing, or maybe even a two-off thing, it was funny. But now that they have it going, it's like they're intentionally playing it for laughs, and it, and ironically, it's not as funny when they intentionally try to play it for laughs because you're almost kind of expecting it, and it's like you know what they're trying to do, as opposed to you see Bill just having this donut fetish randomly the first time, and it's like, <laughs> oh, this is funny and weird, and what the hell. But then when you get used to it, it's like, okay, they're they're doing it specifically to get laughs, and it's it doesn't feel as genuine. Right. Yeah. I like how I just I, I, I said a donut fetish. I, I I only now play that back in my head. <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, Bill. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the, the directs take on a whole different uh, subject matter we look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just a little bit. Oh yeah. my goodness. But is there anything that stands out as a good announcement recently? I, the only one I can think of, like, of recent memory. memory in this well, I mean, well, recent's a very so loose... Long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I do think they handled the Zelda announcement well, at least the trailer, at least keeping people invested in Zelda. At uh, E3, finally, or what are you yeah, talking Yeah, they're at E3. Yeah. Like, just going into that trailer and... I do think it's an excellent, excellent trailer. It really hypes you up. It's it's subtle, but also just wide reaching in what it makes you excited for. You you mean the breadth? Was it, it had a wide breadth? Are you oh, saying? Geez. Yes. Would you say you're you're wildly <laughs> excited for it? Totally. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I guess they didn't really have a skit going into it. Yeah, though, there, right? there wasn't a skit. I guess the last. I mean, the last good one that really sticks out in your mind is like, yeah, the puppets were cute, but. Come on, you're never going to beat the robot chicken one. That yeah, really, they, that's, that's the standard. That's that's the flag bearer right there. That was that was it. They they nailed that. And even leading up to it, the Mega sixty four video was brilliant. It was. Yeah, that was that same year, right? That was so perfect. Yeah, like their messaging or and yeah, their messaging was on point that year. So, I, I did yeah. like. I'm trying to think. There was something. I don't know which E three it was or or which direct it was, but there was something about. Well, I guess it was the Reginator, but it wasn't the, the first Mega sixty four video. They did something with with like a, a cyborg Reggie a little later on, where he was in the boardroom doing something, and I remember that being really funny. But I can't remember specifically what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the following years? I think it might have been, and I thought really? that was pretty good. But then you have like the stuff with Reggie losing his three DS, and that just kind of felt like it didn't really go anywhere, and it just kind yeah. of felt like there wasn't a point to it. I guess it almost felt like they were out of practice at this latest direct. Like they didn't know what to do, and they yeah. kind of cobble something to, something together. Well, there, I mean, there is absolutely no doubt at this point that Iwata's passing had a majorly negative effect on the mm-hmm. you know the overall production and the frequency of directs. Like right. like direct the direct production has scaled down and just hasn't quite felt the same. It, I, I like that they're still trying and it, it still works on most levels. It just doesn't doesn't quite hit the same highs as it did back when Iwata was still with us, but. Mm-hmm. They, they're still and, trying, which and, and it still works, I think. 
Well, speaking of which, weren't they supposed to have had a new uh, format or something? Or they did say something about yeah. that, but I guess it just fell apart. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, we haven't seen any signs of it yet. So, or maybe their new format is just not is not doing them nearly as often. <laughs> maybe that's what they mean. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's yeah, like our new format is twice a year. Get used to it. There you go. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, it, it's it's. It's interesting, but yeah, I, I do got to say, as far as like sort of like the direction we're used to, where there's funny skits and all that between all the announcements, uh, I think obviously Robot Chicken is the big one. But as far as like getting information out, just bing, bam, bam, boom, uh, Smash in the fifty announcements trailer, fifty uh, announcements direct with the announcer. Oh, that was brilliant. Was that was fantastic. So good. Yeah, because was, was, there was like, no fluff. It was just number, no. There was no fluff. Yeah, that was yeah. the amazing thing about like going in. We're like, oh, they're going to reiterate a whole bunch of stuff we already know. Literally, every bullet point is brand new. Yeah, or, to some extent. So yeah, that was awesome. They nailed that. Like their, their whole like lead to Smash Brothers is totally on point as well. The Smash directs mm-hmm. are fantastic. Um, that that repeat been... of content was like that was masterful marketing right there. It was. Yeah. It really was. It was really good, and it it was really obnoxious. But because it was obnoxious, it was really good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Splatoon. I think Splatoon also had a pretty good direct. Like we were observing the the inklings in their natural environment. Like there's sometimes where they cool. just they they have different formats, and that those formats really work where they really focus on the game, and you can really tell. They're all about that game. That works so well. Well, we are getting the Animal Crossing Direct in the fall, so... That is true. Yeah. Oh, I really like that Mario Kart 7 video thing they did. It, like, they, it was before... Or not 7, not 8. It was right before Mario Kart 8 came out. They did a Mario Kart 8 Direct. And there was some cheesy video where they were talking about how good the characters look in the carts. And, like, they were showing off the different poses that the characters do when they do tricks. And there was this really calming, soothing female voiceover talking about how great like Donkey Kong's fur looks and it was really cheesy <laughs> and it, but it was really funny and it, it, it mm-hmm. landed it absolutely landed and it, I, I loved it oh man now I'm reminded of those old videos you used to send out on VHS oh I love those Star. I still have them <laughs> somewhere the <laughs> Donkey Kong so Country good. one's my favorite I watched the Donkey Kong Country VHS preview thing I had to have been like a hundred times before that game. Came oh, out. dude, I know exactly what you mean. I watched the Star Fox sixty four one and the Pokemon one like so many times. I literally had the entire thing memorized. Yeah, oh I can recite line by line all 10, 15 minutes of it. So, and they were so nineties because they were hosted, or at least a lot of them were hosted by that guy with the bat. He wore the backwards baseball cap and had the really long hair, yep. and he was so he like wore the jean shorts. He was so nineties, and those videos are so nineties, <laughs> and it's great to go back and watch them now. That's true. Yeah. Man, well, speaking of your uh, Animal Crossing, Andre, I just had a thought. Theoretically, that direct should take place after the NX has been announced. Theoretically, God, let's hope. Jesus, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't it be wouldn't it be something if they like do make it like an Animal Crossing focused direct, and we have Animal Crossing NX announced? Oh snap, dog! Oh, man, that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, it's been a while since we've had... It's been a few years now since New Leaf. Yeah. It's really possible they'll roll it out as um, you know, uh, as a big title for the NX early on. So, And that would be a big one. People love their Animal Crossing, and boy, that would give them a lot of new, time. New Leaf was huge. Like, that game mm. blew up. Yeah, it was. Um, so it makes complete sense it, to have that game uh, it, early into the NX life cycle. And especially if it's the hybrid with the handheld and... Console yeah, that that's perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. Animal Crossing. Yep. Well, hell, I mean, New Leaf is so huge that it's it's getting a new update soon. So yeah. I mean, it's maybe, two I mean, years old, and we're still maybe that's it. Like maybe it's a way to remind people of, hey, do you remember how good Animal Crossing was? Yeah, well, get ready for a new one coming out in a few months too. So mm-hmm. that could work so well with with the, the handheld console hybrid idea. Oh man, 
Yep, absolutely. Like, that game was basically made for it. Like, because that game started off on consoles before moving to handhelds, I will, it, it only makes sense for it to now exist on both. Um, that'd be great. By the yeah. way, backing up for a second, did you say Oh Snap Dog? I did. I, I think I think we just found a front runner for the name for the name of this week's podcast potentially. Oh <laughs> snap, dog! That's pretty good. Oh god. Yep. <laughs> Andre's awesome. Andre's stuck in the nineties. <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. going back to the to the topic. It, it's kind of hard to objectively define though what what makes a good direct versus a disappointing direct because we all have our own fandoms, right? Like for mm-hmm. me, it could be the most boring direct ever, but if they announce a new Mega Man game, it's going to be the best. You know, it's like, and same with you guys, like, you have your own fandoms as well. So, to a degree, we're all kind of affected by our own bias about what we personally want well, to be announced. I mean, to. what you're getting at is, I mean, yeah, the content itself is what matters most. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't even touched on that yet. God. So, yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's the, the content definitely matters, but the presentation also can enhance that content or the perception of that content. Well, like, what's funny is, so I didn't watch it direct. I found out, or until today, and I, I had found out all about the news um, from you guys uh, afterward, like I remember, uh, Ash, we were at the airport waiting for waiting to be picked up by my parents. Right, sounds like we're like fifteen again or something. Um, <laughs> and I was asking you about like, hey, what did they announce? Like, what did they show off? And I'm like, wow, that actually sounds like a pretty good direct. Then I went back and watched them. Like, man, this, sound, this seems so boring how they presented all, all this information. Yeah. Um, comparatively, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Just like the way they presented it could have been better. I felt like even even if. Not every announcement was as good as you know individually, but I felt like in in general they announced more than I was expecting from that direct. It's just the way they announced it did feel kind of plodding and not necessarily, right. not necessarily that exciting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are. I mean, <laughs> Pikmin certainly got an interesting re- uh, reception because there's already people campaigning to cancel it. Of, of course. course, well, of course yeah. there are, but. No, I, I, do, I do think content has a lot to say about it. I mean, yeah, it could sound good, but also, like, what they show might not be as exciting. Like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, they showed this, but what they showed also isn't that exciting or doesn't doesn't actually look that good. And I think that's been the problem, is that the lineup recently just hasn't been super exciting for most people. It's yeah. very niche. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, boy. But, yeah, that's... It's hard to define a direct, but I guess that's sort of like there's what we enjoy about it. So do more of that, kind of. Yep. Here, you know, if, if if Mother Three gets announced in a direct, that's a really good direct. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, I guess yeah. It, it so much so much of it is dependent on the subject matter. Like exactly. they could have announced, they could have done anything they wanted with Smash, and it'll been fun, right? So right, exactly. And like, and personally, like, I mean, let's say they announce like Pikmin Four in an upcoming direct, I would recognize that would be really exciting. Overall, objectively, but for me personally, I would probably view that as a slightly less exciting direct just because I'm not a Pigment fan personally, even though it's a great direct for other people. So it really is kind of, you know, it's largely defined by what you want and what you want to be announced and what you're excited about. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, Ash, since you were talking last, what's your topic? <laughs> All right. Well, my, and I hope I get this right. This is a really, really complex name, <laughs> but I think it's Adam Harris. So I Hold hope on. I got that right. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's, I am. Not no. A dame? A, 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 a dame. A dom. A, a, a dame. Harris. Hey, ha, re, is. <laughs> yeah. Something. A dom, Herreris. 
No. Herreras, there so Adam Harris, sorry Adam, uh, we just totally butchered your name. But no, Adam Harris says, Hey guys, I just got over a really bad sickness and I had to take some time off work. Fortunately, I was able to play some games to get my mind off the pain and it brought me back to when I would do the same thing as a kid when I would get sick and stay home from school. My question is kind of twofold. Do you have similar memories of playing games while you, while you got sick, such as during the week of chicken pox, etc.? And if so, are there any particular games or types of games you like to play when you're sick? Uh, kind of a weird question, but I was thinking about it a lot this past week. Love what you guys do. Uh, well, thank you, f- first of all, for being a fan and for following us on Patreon and loving what we do. We appreciate that. And I think it's an interesting question um, because it actually called back to an experience I had as a kid playing Super Metroid where I don't remember. I think I got a really bad cold or something. I, I don't know, but I, I was out of school for like a week, and I, my fever was running really high, and I had like a bad stomach thing. Like I was really sick. And um, I was playing Super Metroid at the time, and I was stuck in Meridia. And, and, you know, back then when you're a kid, getting through Super Metroid isn't the easiest thing. It's a pretty big game. In Meridia, I was completely lost. I'm like, what do I do? And it was just permeating my thoughts because I was a kid and I was sick. And, of course, I'm going to think about video games and, like, what I'm playing. And I actually dreamt up the way to progress through Meridia. Like, I was, it, was so, it was so thoroughly occupying my thoughts that I went to bed uh, thinking about it. And I would dream about it, and I tried what I dreamt, and it ended up working. And I couldn't believe it, but but that always stuck with me as kind of like a game just absolutely just capturing my attention and my imagination so thoroughly that even in my dreams, when I was sick, I was thinking about it, <laughs> and, it and it and it translated into into actual real life progress in the game. So that's, that's why I picked this question because I think it's a, I totally get what you're talking about, and it isn't weird at all because I've been through it too, so I totally understand. And that's yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing I I don't have a lot of I didn't get sick a lot when I was a kid. And are you never did, called in sick to play a game? No, no, I've never <laughs> done that. I'm too responsible, I guess. <laughs> Mister Goody Two Shoes over here. Wow, right? Yeah. Well, oh well. I mean, my parents sort of instilled the idea in me: if you're not throwing up, you're fine to go into work or go to school. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm one of those. Um, but the thing is, uh, even when I was home, I don't remember playing games too often while I was sick because uh, usually my mom was like, you know, you can't do it. You just just watch TV. You can't focus on it or anything like that. So I just wasn't kind of allowed. And the only thing I can think of is sort of playing my Game Boy and playing like Super Mario Land or Super Mario Land 2 and playing those when I was a kid. So I guess if I had to choose like games that I like to play when I'm sick, it would have to be platformers because that's what I mainly played as a kid. But I also think it kind of works because platformers are also kind of mindless. You don't have to think about them too hard. So they also don't, you know, they don't wear you out as much. So, yeah, putting in a good platformer and uh, playing through that while I'm sick, I can see that being a good time mm-hmm. <laughs> or a better yeah, time. I don't really have any specific memories either of playing a game while sick. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I did. I, oh, I yeah. know I did. There's nothing is really standing out. Um, but I will say there's one thing I've, I've been maybe afraid of, of playing games while sick, too. Or, I mean, even though it hasn't happened to me specifically with games, but uh, this is kind of unrelated. But I watched Men in Black once while sick. <laughs> I was not feeling good. And every time I watch Men in Black since, I'm always reminded of being sick. I'm like, this sucks. I've ruined this awesome movie. <laughs> so I'm always reminded of being sick. So I wonder if maybe I, I maybe subconsciously started avoiding games after that point while sick. So I didn't have that same association with them. Um, but, even though I don't have any memories of being sick, I do have a memory of getting better uh, while playing a game. So, I can't remember if I've talked about this before, uh, but I know I have to some degree. But, 
uh, when I was growing up, I was tongue-tied, which explains part of my uh, speaking issues, you want to call them that. <laughs> and uh, so I, 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 I think the doctor, the, the we were at a hospital for whatever reason, and the nurse noticed I, I was tongue-tied. My parents didn't know at this point, and I was maybe three or four at this point. Um, so we made the appointment to go in, and I, you know, I later went in. They they put me under. They, you know, basically just took scissors and just cut off the just cut the the flesh holding it to the bottom of my mouth. And anyway, so I was like in extreme pain after that point. I bet. So we went home. I was like just not having a good time. And my dad had gotten the game in on his PC, like a free some freebie game to send him on a floppy disk. And so we put it in. And this is my first video game I'd ever played, and I was like playing as like a dump truck moving shapes around. I have no idea what <laughs> game this was. It was a very simple game. Like, video games weren't really much of a thing at this point, at least, you know, uh, for the home market. And I was having a blast just pushing the shapes around as this truck against a black screen, and that game might have been what started my love of video games. Oh my gosh. Um, awesome. I know, it was crazy. So, it took me getting my tongue, you know, be, you know being tongue-tied to, to really jumpstart this whole thing in a very convoluted way. So... <laughs> Yeah, I actually I still remember that game. I have no idea if anyone knows what the name of that game is, or if, it, if if it's even available anywhere. I would love to see what that game actually is now. You know, going back to it. So, yeah, I'm not. I have no idea what it could be. <laughs> I don't either. God. You got me. I have um, no idea. The only thing I have to add is that I do think that I I don't really get sick that often, but when I do, I feel like I tend to kind of gravitate toward RPGs, just because I don't know. There's something thematically appropriate about like curling up with a nice story and just kind of playing a more slow paced game while you're sick instead of something like really twitch based or reflex based or you know just stressful like I don't know I, I just tend to gravitate toward RPGs when I'm sick I think so that's really the only other point I have to add but the, the Super Metroid story was my main point yeah right on so is that all of our topics right now then yeah, I think, I mean, that's all of our main topics, but I actually just thought back to something that we, I somehow missed in our news topics. I don't know why. I, probably because we were, like, we mentioned it, but we didn't actually go into it. But Andre, we never gave our thoughts on Super Mario Run. Oh, right. I think I think it's very fitting that their first mobile game, first mobile Mario game, uh, uses the soulless New Super Mario Brothers art style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm indifferent. Like, I, I mean, I think it's fine. Like, I'm a little bit surprised that they're going with such a conventional game as their Mario one. I mean, mm-hmm. running running a platform games have existed since Rayman on iPhone years ago, and it's nothing new. Uh, and yet, Nintendo's almost kind of treating it like it was. So it might be it might be the best one there is, but it's I don't know. It's just kind of weird to see them, you know, go such a conventional route. It seems. Yeah, I mean, the, th- the thing that I was kind of appreciative of is that it's just a one-time purchase with probably microtransactions in there somewhere uh, or other things to purchase. And then the fact that there's not an endless runner, because endless runners bore me. Like, I just yeah. I, I don't get interested in trying to beat my own score or anything like that. It just sort of, I, it's done for me. But to have it more level-based, yeah, I can kind of get into that. And I'm sure I'll have to play for the channel anyway. So, I mean, it looks fine. It doesn't excite me at all or anything like that, but it's, you know, we knew it was coming and we just didn't expect it to be, as you thought, Andre, I didn't expect it to be this simple. Like, they kept talking about how they wanted to have different ideas or not, you know, stuff like that or not be the typical platformers. And other than Mario running the entire time, this is kind of a typical platformer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
It yeah. I mean it's I mean it's it is weird. Like it, I mean it's it's actually closer to a standard Mario game than I would have expected. At the same time, it also removes a lot of what makes a Mario game Mario, being the full control you have of the character. Now it's all timing based, which makes sense because you know Nintendo has been very um, assertive in that they like good controls and having buttons. And now reducing all that to a single button being an entire touchscreen, it kind of makes sense in that. You know, you, you don't fall into the pitfall of having like a uh, half, you know, a, a very half-ass like D-pad or control stick on the screen, which never works as well as a real thing. Um, so, I mean, I think it will control well in that sense. I just don't know if it's going to be a compelling enough of an experience for me to want to play all the way through. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I need to I need to play it for myself. Um, I, I'm not that excited for it. It could be a very <laughs> good game. I just, you know, I just don't really care that much either. Be, I mean, partially because it is another new Super Mario Brothers game, which I really don't exactly. care that much about anymore. Yeah. So. That's, I'm, not, I'm not repulsed by it, but I just, like, I'm not excited about it either. Like, it'll come out, yeah. and I'll, I'll try it. It might be fun, but I'm not, like, you know, I don't, I'm not angry they're making it, but it's not, like, something I'm super excited about either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much how it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I'll play it. I don't think it's going to stick with me at all. Do you think, I mean, so we know that's coming out on holiday. Do you think that means um, Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem are coming out next year now then? No, yeah. they, they already announced that. They're planning to have a, both of those out by March. Oh, so they, were they originally planned for this year? Yes. But yeah. Mario, oh, Mario pushed it back. Yeah, Mario right, pushed okay. it back. I kind of so. have this weird feeling that, that either, that at least one of those will be delayed past March. I can't see them releasing Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem both before March. Yeah, I agree with you. If I had yeah. to guess, probably Fire Emblem was going to get the pushback. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, that, again, covers the top of the news and the, our main topics. Did you guys want to do any uh, side topics, or are we good to go? I guess we can do... Let's do uh, Let's do at least one uh, extra topic here, just so we can help make up for the two weeks we missed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sure, exactly. And this one, this one's probably going to be short. So we actually already covered one extra topic, which is Chrono Jacks. But this one comes to us from Violet, and she's wondering if we have any memories that don't make sense or feel consistent with reality. Which may seem like a weird question uh, to you guys, but this one, I have something that resonates perfectly with this. Actually, I do uh, too, but you go ahead. And I do too, <laughs> right, perfect. Yeah. Because there is one that I am convinced there was like some kind of rift in the timeline, or I changed dimensions or something. Because it was probably... I guess it must have been 10 years ago now. Me and Tom were at E3, like 10 years ago, and we're walking by the Tecmo booth. Except the problem was, it was it was Tecmo and not Temco. Because for as long as I'd known them up to that point, they were always Temco to me. And I, I asked Tom, I'm like, Tom, what's Tecmo? Is that the same thing as Temco? He's like, wait, are they the same thing? I've, it's always been Temco. I'm like, yeah, it's been Temco, right? So... For ever since then, I am convinced that Tom and I like fell out. I don't know what happened, but we like got transported to a different dimension where where Tempco became Tecmo. So wait, that, so you have your own personal Berenstain Berenstain Bears thing? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, actually, and I, exactly. I have my it's own so personal funny. version of that. Which, by the way, I, I also that the exact same thing happened to me in that case too with with Berenstain Bears. So how, how so? What, what did you think it was? Whichever one I, now now I'm confused on whichever one was original, but the, whichever one people are confused by. Oh, okay. Like, that's how it was for me too. It's the one that that wasn't the except the actual original <laughs> reality. So. Gotcha. So you yeah. just came from another dimension. That's all. We, that's all we can determine. Where things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are or, yeah, Berenstein. Right. It's not. It's not Berenstein. It's Berenstein. 
right? Like I think it's Berenstain Bears. Yeah, Berenstain. Berenstain, yeah. Not not Berenstain. Yeah, I, I, I'm so confused now by, by what's real and what's not anymore. <laughs> when I, All when I, I was, know yeah. is that it was Tempco and not Tecmo. <laughs> That's so weird. I think I think when I was a kid, I used to just call it Bernstein and call it a day, but it's Baron. <laughs> that's what I did. I called it Bernstein. Too. Yeah. Um, well, um, I have I have one that's perfect. An anecdote that's perfect for this question, and I know you guys will laugh because it, it, it involves both of you. But for for whatever reason, I have taken to thinking that Beyond Good and Evil was originally an Xbox exclusive, and it absolutely, definitely, <laughs> completely was not. Right. And I mean, it came out on GameCube. PS2, Windows, PS3, like it's it's been out on a bunch of things, but for some reason, I just keep talking as if Beyond Good and Evil originally released only on Xbox and never has appeared on a Nintendo console, and I, it's not true, and I don't know why I keep thinking that. I, I guess maybe it's because I played the HD version on Xbox Live Arcade, and maybe I just personally associate it with that, but mm-hmm. I could have sworn that Beyond Good and Evil was at least a, a timed Xbox exclusive, and it's not, and it never was, mm-hmm. and I don't know why I keep acting as if it was, but I feel like it, at one point uh, my memories got crossed with some some other dimension, like you said, Andre, where it was an Xbox ex- exclusive or something, but yep. yeah, I don't know, I keep making that mistake, and it, 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 it makes no sense. <laughs> I, I I do know that Psychonauts was originally an Xbox exclusive. That's true, it was. That's I get yeah. parted. So maybe you got those mixed up or crossed over? That could be. I mean, yeah, I don't know what it is, but for for some reason, I just, till the day I die, I, I will always think, until I correct myself, I will think of Beyond Good and Evil as an <laughs> Xbox exclusive, and it just is not, and I don't get it. Huh. So there's, so, there's my, yeah. Yeah. Well, mine's not video game related. Mine goes back to, I, I don't know if this was a dream or... What I, I am so confused by it, but basically, I uh, my my bedroom uh, at the ha- at my parents' place, my my childhood home, was next to a bunch of farmland. So we had fields in between me and my grand my grandparents who were on the other side of the field, and my window faced right towards their house. I could look right over at them. Uh, and one night, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I swear to God, I saw this bright white light slowly walking across the field. Like, there's this little path that we had that would go between our houses, and I kept seeing that white light, and it just sort of freaked me out. Like, I was like, I it didn't look natural at all. Like, I, my first thought as a kid was aliens, <laughs> because, of course. And I sort of hid under the covers and like not I had no idea what it was or anything like that and I looked back up after like hiding for a little bit and it was gone completely no sign of it whatsoever and so I'm like thinking back to and every time I think back to it it's like was this real or was it like my grandfather with a light but the thing is I don't remember the light going forward it was just surrounding the figure and I couldn't make out the figure at all so I am utterly confused by this. I have no idea what exactly happened with it, but to this day, I have I can't figure it out. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Maybe you were like half awake or something, that like half asleep. Be. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't I felt know. cognizant when I was wo- looking at it because you know there was real fear fear there. That's why I, I hid for a little while, and it took me you know, it took me a little bit to actually look back. But yeah, I don't know what the heck happened. I'm just picturing the X Files theme playing. <laughs> yeah. Event. 
Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe you should start just spinning tops randomly to make sure you're not in a dream and you don't realize it. <laughs> you guys, you guys are all <laughs> fake. That's why it's actually uh, te- Temco and Temco. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, a, that's, it's actually Temco and uh, Beyond Good and Evil is a uh, exactly Xbox exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. It's all we're we're all the figments of your imagination. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're all in my world. <laughs> So yeah, that's a freaky way to end this whole thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah, it's it's Derek's world. We all just live in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's freaky, Jesus. Which means there will be nothing but things. Pokemon and Kingdom Hearts. Andre, how do you feel about that? Oh my god! <laughs> Shoot me. Yeah. Well, hey, Kingdom Hearts at least does have Disney, so maybe you could you could find some. Oh, that's true. In that. Yeah. yeah. It means Disney World still exists. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for that. <laughs> so, so when are we all going to Disney World Where when I point out all these Kingdom Hearts characters that I'm so excited about? Once they open up uh, Nintendo Land at the Universal Studios nice. in like five years, yeah. we can plan a trip. Oh, that'd be fun. Well, anyway, guys, I think that pretty much covers it for episode (laughs) 30 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. Went a little bit longer because we were uh, so much, you know, did have a little bit of a hiatus. But we're back. We're doing this again. And I don't foresee anything holding us up like this again. I'll never say that. Don't ever say that. Oh, let's hope not. (laughs) (laughs) But again, like always, for just $1 a month, you can... Uh, back us on Patreon in order to get these podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as up uh, as well as offer up the topics that we covered here. As you can see, it could be about games, it could be about the weirdest stuff imaginable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening once again, and uh, we'll see you next week for episode thirty-one. Catch you guys later. Bye. Mm-hmm.